Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Chester. With me for the 250th time is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Yeah, I didn't realize this was 250. Uh, on the one hand, that's like a lot. That's a ton of episodes. On the other hand, uh, we're only a quarter of the way till 1,000. <laughs> Are we going to make it to 1,000? I hope not. No, we're definitely not going to yeah. make it to 1,000. If, if, if we're still uh, doing the 750 episodes for now, something has gone very wrong in our lives. Do you ever say something where it's like, if I'm still X, Y, Z, whatever, like, shoot me, kill me, yeah. but then, and then like, you're still there. Yeah. You know? So some, you want someone to come kill you is basically what you're saying. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah. But I think, and also like, because it's a little bit it, it, like we did all the team podcasts and those are, you know, like 32 per year, but I don't know how many of those we have in ours anymore. So, that, you know, that's really how you get to 250 because we've only, how many years have we been doing this show? Uh, we started the fall of 2015, so it's been about three years. Yeah, three years. So that's like that's like 80 episodes a year. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, jeez. Um, yeah, 250 is. You know what's weird? 250 is a. We're not going to do anything for 250, but 250 is a rounder number than 300. Yeah, and 400. Yeah, like if you were going to do a podcast where you were like really congratulating yourself, like 100 is a big number, 200 is a big number. Like two fifty is fine. Three hundred is like nothing. Four hundred is nothing. Then five hundred is a big deal. Yeah. And then a thousand. Rob has done like a couple thousand, I think. But a thousand is like a big. I would guess more than a thousand. Yeah, but but does he count them in the same way? Probably not. Rob has, I think, done maybe two thousand twenty-five. I don't know how many he's done. He's done a lot. We've actually done Um, more than two hundred and fifty podcasts together because we we've been on a couple of you know Rob's podcasts, for example, the Making a Murderer one. We were on uh, at least one or two podcasts of this series before it was this series. Well, if I've done 250 with you, I did 170 Seinfeld with Rob. I've probably done you're you know, the I'm approaching 500 right? podcasts now. And then and I also did uh this podcast with Ari Gold, 32 fans yeah. in 2010 and 2011. I don't know how many episodes. Now, now let me ask you a question, Akiva. Um Uh-oh. How much do you walk on an average day? Like how many steps? W- would you say you walk cumulatively 500 feet? So there are definitely days I don't. <laughs> I guess I'm wondering how much time, if if we were counting the, the the total amount of you know mileage that you've walked, how far back would we have to go to get to you having walked 26.2 miles? 
Ooh, it's a good question. I wonder why you're asking this. Well, but did you see Charlie West on uh, Twitter? No, I don't know who that is. Oh, he tweeted at us, uh, I think, on Sunday or Monday. Oh, okay. Isn't it Charles West or something? Oh, Charles to you, but, you know, he's Charlie to me. Okay. That, um, okay. that you know, you and me and, and a couple other people, I think Rob was among them, that he listened to our podcast while he ran a marathon. And it's just oh, incredible okay. to me. Oh, yeah, I did see this. I did. The inspiration this, yeah. that, that you give, not that I'm a big runner, but I don't know if you've run a mile in, in 2018. Let alone twenty six. Run of them. a mile or cumulatively walk. Well, a cumul- mile. I, well I guess cumulatively you've walked a mile. But have you walked twenty six miles? Probably not. Yeah, twenty eighteen. It's where the year's almost over. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, your bro- is your brother's running the Boston Marathon this year, right? Speaking yeah, of marathon. Yeah. Running. Well, you should, you have to qualify for you. I think we've mentioned this on the show, but your brother has like insane marathon times. Yeah, he's like sub three hours. He's a very serious runner. Why do you think there's no correlation between being a good athlete and being a good marathon runner? Well, I think, and and I'm doing this, I'm basing this on anecdotal evidence of one. So, you know, but I think it's the not being a good athlete as a small child that spurs you to become, uh, you know, to become fit as you get older, such that you can do things such as run marathons. Well, I think he also has the body type. Marathon runners are usually like. Well, small. but he didn't. You know, when we were little, our nicknames from our grandparents. I was spider legs. He was tortoise legs because he was fat and I was skinny. So, you know, we've we've reversed roles there a little bit. Obviously. Wow. What your grandparents called you? Spider. Yeah. By the way, I'm I'm glad to say that this morning I weighed myself. I I'm you know I I the morning after our cereal tournament, I was so disappointed by what it said on the scale. I I undertook a diet, and today I reached my lowest point in like several months. So I'm happy. Wow. Yeah. That is impressive. Yeah. Oh, especially when you don't say numbers. That's really <laughs> um But um uh yeah, so I think I think you know, I, I would bet even today in the terrible shape I'm in that if I played Sammy one on one in basketball, I would beat him eleven nothing. Very easily. Yeah, of course. Well you're much taller than him also. Well not that much taller. But but you know, if but if there's any but if it was a, a biking or running or anything like that, he would lap me seven times in the first five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I guess they, like you different. know what's weird about running, I, I'm very anti marathons because <laughs> the way it works is so you the reason have you to, haven't run them is out of principle. <laughs> yeah, you should have to win a 5k and then move up to a 10k and then win a 10k and then you could run a marathon. It doesn't. But make isn't sense, the like, beauty the fact that people are finishing a marathon in three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours? It doesn't matter how long they're still doing. No, it. that's not beautiful. I it's think like, it's a, well, he played basketball and he kept losing eleven nothing, but he kept playing. No, nobody would say that's impressive. Okay, because losing eleven nothing doesn't require anything. Running twenty six miles is in and of it. Let me put it this way: Have you ever? Yeah, been, but if you run, if you run a six hour marathon, you didn't run. Well, you walked well, or you, jogged it. Okay, but let's say you do that. I mean, I could, I could do a six hour marathon. Uh, I will pay you. I want all the listeners to talk about this. I will pay you $2,000 in cash if you run a marathon, if you complete a marathon in any amount of time in the next calendar oh, year. Oh, really? I thought it was like six hours might be like, I know I could do like seven. The, hour, but you cannot fit, you cannot run a complete marathon in any amount of time. And if you do. I mean, I'm according to your rules, I can walk it because you said any amount of time. If you, if you sign up for and complete a marathon. Uh-huh. In any amount of the time, signing up thing, honestly, ten hours. Uh, just to give you, like I a, will pay your, uh, like I will a, pay the sign up fees. No, th- it's not the fee. It's <laughs> like the actual, like going and signing up and like going to sleep early the night before. Yeah. Those are the things. I love how you say. Really it. First me. of all, you know, having seen my brother in the post marathon stages, 
there's a lot of physical wear and tear to, I mean, obviously your feet, but your nipples, like all parts of your body are, you know, there's chafing, there's, mm-hmm. and, and he actually usually really runs shirtless when, when he can to avoid that issue, but it's not, it's not easy. Uh, yeah, I could definitely walk a marathon. No, I think we cannot. might do this bet. No. Uh, all right. Well, walk a ma- the problem is some marathons like close the course after like eight <laughs> hours to like let cars come back on. The yeah, road. well, you can. Have you ever been to the Boston Marathon? Yes. Oh, because I was going to say like the New York Marathon is uh, to use an Akiva phrase is literal garbage compared to the Boston Marathon. Sure. Yeah, I went to my uh, I, my dad and I went up one day to uh, on on Patriot Day. day. Yeah. Uh, we went to a Yankees Red Sox game, and then you finish the you know the game is over, and then you go outside and and watch like whatever is the nineteenth mile or wherever Fenway is. No, it's right near the end. So I have been there. Yeah, the Boston Marathon is you know the, and and it's frustrating to me having first been turned on to marathons by watching the Boston Marathon for a few years, and then coming to New York, and I sort of cheer in New York the way you're supposed to, the way people do in Boston, and the people near me look like I'm a mental patient because I'm you know cheering vociferously for strangers. But that's what's so beautiful about the Boston Marathon. That every single runner is cheered on in a personal nature by every single. Oh, so here's the thing: the Boston Marathon, you know, like you have to be good, you have to qualify. But there's the old ladies Marathon, who are any there, idiot. But there's eighty year old ladies who are struggling along and finishing it after. There's cars, you know. If you go at three Very or four few. p.m. or even later, there will be cars on the road, and there'll still be a couple people running off the rest of the rest of the marathon. Very few. I, the yeah. coolest part of the marathons are the are the uh, wheelchairs. Because they go faster. Yeah, than the, yeah, they um, finish really. Well, there's that and, there's and that dad the, who's famously you know run all these marathons with his son, who's now like you know the dad's like seventy and the son's forty. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, like the Rick Riley article. Yeah, well, but the with the marathons also you have um, with Boston Marathon, there's only like a couple thousand people run it because because of those rules whereas new york it's like twenty, thirty thousand or something yeah i don't know the numbers uh but anyway yeah you should have to win a 5k or a 10k somewhere before you even consider it's insane it would be like uh you know i'm gonna skip high school and college basketball and go straight to the nba you should like it's it's not impressive to me to to run a four and a half hour marathon even if i personally couldn't do it i mean four and a half hours is incredible so no it stinks <laughs> four and a half hours is awful no offense to the marathon runners out there if you run a four and a half hour marathon, you should never run a marathon. Again. Oh my god, you're insane! <laughs> it's true. That's not good. You, you couldn't run to, a five k. You could not run a five k in four and a half I'm hours. I'm not an athlete. I'm a commentator. <laughs> I, I also couldn't, you know, intercept a pass from Blake Bortles. Maybe yeah. Blake Bortles. Um, uh, Blake Bortles. Bit. All you have to do is, you know, well, you got to catch, I guess. But yeah, he's got to be in in the game. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do something here, very special, that everyone wants. Everyone's talking about baseball nowadays, especially guys who retired a long time ago. So let's each do our Hall of Fame ballots, and we could argue about that. Well, there's we'll not, we spent 10 minutes on marathons to start our 250th episode. Well, so. we've got a lot of marathon listeners yeah. out there. People... All right, so let's transition. The ballot is out. They've already been uh, you know, on Twitter. They're tracking uh, the ballots of those who are publicizing their ballots. Some of them truly, truly awful. Yeah, we didn't do. There aren't enough yet to really like go crush some guy for an awful ballot because the the, oh, the, I, the I, more progressive you are, the earlier you release your ballot. I mean, I, I beg so to, like I, there'll be a ju- there'll be somebody voting for just Omar Vizquel and Billy Wagner. Well, hold on, did uh, you see? Been so there was one uh, ballot posted. He only voted for Edgar and Mariano Rivera. Okay. No, I didn't see that. All right, uh, this guy, he is. Uh, he is a beat writer for the New York Red Bulls and a general sports reporter for Gaceta Hispana newspaper. Gaceta mm-hmm. Hispana newspaper. Uh, does it have a website? 
Well, the guy who didn't <laughs> vote for Jacob deGrom for Cy Young. No, it does not. The guy, the, you, did you hear about The yeah. guy who didn't vote for Jacob deGrom uh, writes high school baseball for some newspaper in San no, Diego. No, but he is the columnist for like a, a, a mainstream San Diego newspaper. No, he he reports on high school okay, sports. Okay, that's he's, still he's better. That's still better than this guy. It's who, not better because <laughs> that guy like used to be baseball, but was so bad they like couldn't fire him probably because there's a union. This they guy's writing. Uh, this up. guy's writing for some like small Spanish newspaper that doesn't have a website. He's writing like about the yeah, New York but who Red cares? Bulls. Maybe he actually covers baseball. No, he doesn't. Unlike the San Diego. Oh, he doesn't. Yeah, he has no. Anyways, so yeah, so that was his ballot. So let's see if your ballot is better than his, Akiva. Um, okay. Well, let's, let's, do you, you want to do like mine, then yours, or should we go one, 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 one? I would like to hope that we're going to have at least eight or nine of the same. So first of all, you have right. 10, yeah, so I have you, tiers. Have, you have 10 people I, I, on your ballot, obviously, right? Of course. Yeah. 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 It will be, well, oh, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm, whatever you think about the quality of my ballot, I've been pretty good at sort of like, cause I've always tracked this at like, who's going to make it. Yeah. So I'll tell you right now who's going to, who's going to make it. Yeah. Mariano Rivera obviously is going to make it. Correct. We're not bringing any news. Eric Martinez is a lock. He was correct. He was about twenty votes short last correct. year. He's already from the first seven voters. He's already picked seven up three votes seven. he didn't have last year. Yeah. So he's going to be you know in the high eighties yeah. probably. Those two guys are absolute lock. And Mike Mussina also, I think. It's no. It's possible that only those two guys make it. Mussina is going to be very close. I don't think. I don't think Mussina is going to get into the 80s. So if he gets it, it's going to be close. He's, he's going to make it eventually. Get into the 80s? What do you mean? He doesn't need the 80s. He needs 75. I'm saying, like, his his absolute ceiling, I think, is like 79%. It's going to be He close was at 63.5 last year. All right. So usually the jump is in, into, like, about 71, and then the next year you yeah, sail. Yeah, so Edgar was at 70.4 last now, year. Now, but we have to say this is the least stacked ballot in, like, seven or eight years because... They put in four guys last year. And next year, so this is the Derek st- Jeter's on the, the ballot. Roy Hall. In the next three years, Derek Jeter is the only big name really coming in. Yeah, although I would, I think Roy Halladay, who's on the ballot for the first time this year, I think he doesn't make it this year. I think he does make it next year. I agree. So that's what I was about to say. So Halladay probably opens in the 60s. He does have a chance to make it, but I don't think he'll make it. But uh, he's, he's going to open much higher than the other starting pitchers. Have recently Schilling was at fifty two. Schilling's problem is because of his personality, and his politics. There's a certain like there's nobody who well, will it's never not vote his politics. for It's as the a fact rule. that he's a racist asshole. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. But the there's there's no one who's like never going to vote for Mussina as a rule. But there's a lot of people out there who will never vote for Schilling. Schilling will make it in. He already got to I think about fifty one last year. He'll probably jump to like sixty something this year. Well, Bonds and, and Clemens are in the high fifties. Right. So okay. So those. So and then the the. So we talked about the two guys who are definitely going to make it. That's Mariano and Edgar. The three starting pitchers are all going to have a big bump this year. Chance Mussina makes it. Very outside chance Halliday makes it. No chance Shelley makes it. Bonds and Clemens last year went up to fifty-seven. For some reason, Clemens has a few more voters than Bonds. Yeah. I have no idea why. There's already been a, a, uh, a couple of the public votes have already this. been for Clemens and not for Bonds. Yes. There's one guy I named LeBron. So you can't blame it on racism. But he voted for all the white steroids guys, but not Bonds. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Um, yeah, I, I, sometimes these guys just had a bad personal interaction with a player, and and they. Well, sort of I mean, again, I think them. the difference probably between, why Jeff Kent does so poorly. Well, the reason the reason Bonds and Clemens are not in the Hall of Fame is because they're assholes. Because there's been other steroid guys who have slid right through. Well, Manny does incredibly poorly, and Manny's not a jerk. So I, I think you're. Yeah, but Manny's well. Manny's an obvious Hall of Famer. I don't know if Manny's and, an and Manny's obvious numbers Hall are abysmal. Famer. 
I mean, he's Ma- sub seventy. He's sub seventy war. If you're sub seventy war, you're not an obvious Hall of Famer. I mean, his his sort of credentials, if he had no steroids um, allegations around them, would have been first ballot. Okay, he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, and he's uh, he's Manny's at twenty two. Right He'll probably get about thirty this year. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, he's your ever boy Piazza sailed through. Uh, man, he got suspended for steroids yeah, twice. Well, Piazza retired before people were getting suspended. Yeah, okay, but Manny got suspended. Yeah. Like you could very reasonably, yeah. th- and we're famously a pro steroids podcast. Yeah. You could very reasonably not vote for Manny because he cheated twice and got caught. Piazza, the the rumor is some old guy thought he had he had acne on his back. I mean, that's not exactly. Yeah, it's not the same. Fine. He wasn't even he wasn't even in the Mitchell report. I don't think. Um, which Andy Pettit, who we haven't mentioned, who's like the other interesting guy on this ballot. Yeah. Um. He's not going to come close this year. I think he'll open in the 30s. Wow. I, I do think he'll eventually the 30s? get there. I, do you think yeah. Andy Pettit's a Hall of Famer? Because I do not. No. I, I, it's, it's, if Andy Pettit, it's interesting because Mucina sort of suffered for the, most of his career by being on the Orioles and then sort of overcompensated by being on those really good Yankee teams. Whereas if Pettit was on, say, the Padres, he would be on this ballot. He'd probably be one and done. Yeah. I don't have a I, – I, he wouldn't well, – Well, I got news for you. So with Derek Jeter. Makes it. So – <laughs> yeah, it won't bother me if and when Pettit makes it, but I, I don't have him in my team. Well, okay, so I have um, ten guys on this ballot who absolutely need to be in the Hall of Fame. I have. Well, just to finish, I like, have seven. Like, so well, Bonds I have Clemens, seven guys who. Do you think Bonds and Clemens will yeah. ever make it? Will they never? They will never make 10. it. Do you think they'll make it by year ten? I mean, they'll get in from some veterans. Yeah, so they have think three they years to climb the last like eighteen percent, basically. Yeah, but I, I think just think anyone who's going to vote for them is probably is, already voting. Well, so let me ask you a question. Most what is, people. What is your opinion on a strategic ballot? So is your duty as a voter to vote for the 10 best candidates or are you allowed? It probably is. But if I thought Edgar was the 13th best guy on this ballot, I would still obviously vote him in. Well, I, it's, it's funny because I have Edgar as the 13th best guy on the ballot and I will not be voting for him. Uh, okay, but wow. he's going to make it. So I'm not talking about him. He's not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about Mariano Rivera. He's obviously yeah, going I to believe make in it. strategic voting. I do believe in strategic So voting. if you could vote, you would not vote for Rivera, is what you're saying. No, because I think Rivera is one of the 10 best guys on this ballot. That's then then you don't believe in strategic voting. Well, lo- okay, let me ask this another way. Are there more no, than No, I know. Are no, there more than the, 10 no deserving Hall of Famers? Are there more than 10 deserving There's two different types of strategy. Hold on, hold on. Are okay, are there more than 10 deserving Hall of Famers on this ballot in your opinion? Yes, definitely. Okay. That, then if that's the case, then strategic voting means you do not vote for Rivera because he's going to make it anyways. Oh, I don't think every vote – I don't think all 10 are a strategy. What I mean to say is, A, if someone's in their last year, they need your vote. That's number one, right? Why? B, mean? if there's somebody who is in danger of falling off the ballot, the Sammy Casosa so- was in the 6 and 7% for a long time. Uh, McGuire was in the 12 and 13, and I definitely thought McGuire was a Hall of Famer. Um, they need your vote to stay on the ballot. So th- those are the two main things. I don't care whether um, Scott Rowland gets 30% or 50%. So there's no strategy there. I know Mariano Rivera doesn't need my vote. One, you don't want to be the one more who didn't vote for him. Well, there's going to be a lot more. There's it. people who submit the blank ballots. Uh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, the, uh, um, Griffey and, and, um, and Maddox each had about two or three. Yeah. I don't think anyone admitted to either of them. Anyway, but I, uh, I, to me, there's only ten guys on this ballot who need to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Okay. So, but, but if Clemens, but if there were eleven, yeah. as there have been in previous seasons, yeah. If that was the case, then I would not be voting for Rivera if I had a vote because I would well, vote for the ten who deserve it, who I know are not going to automatically make it, 
Sure, that's fine. Yeah. It, that doesn't bother me. Do you, well, what number do you think Rivera is on this ballot? What do you mean? What number? Like in terms of deserving? Like is he? he so I have he's a number the th- X best player. I have a number three behind Bonds and Clemens. Yeah. Okay. Obviously. So that's, so do I. Yeah. So do I. And also, it's like, listen, there's punters and kickers and whatever in the Hall of Fame. Like, even if Not you enough. don't think closers have any value, yeah. he's, he's still, still the best by the, massive easily margins. the best closer exactly. ever, and therefore needs to be in the Hall Correct. of Fame. Like the way the best umpire should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. All right. So tier one is Bonds and Clemens. I don't think there's any debate there. Yeah. Tier 1B is Rivera, who's, who is, I think, an immortal player, but he's not Bonds or Clemens. Yeah. Um, all right, so those three guys are obvious. Okay. So far, we're in agreement. The, okay. Then, now, but now we're about to disagree, because to me, tier, tier B, or tier, you know, because that was 1B, are guys who are, full, who are done or about to be done, who need my vote and I think are Hall of Famers. That's one Larry Walker who I know you'll have on. Yeah, on so I have Larry Walker number 10, but he's a good example because in 2014, 20, uh, you know, to me, you don't become a Hall of Famer after you retire. If you either are or you right. aren't. And he always has been a Hall well, of Famer. Well, he has, in his defense, he hit 30 home runs last yeah. year. So, but what I'm saying is he's always been a Hall of Famer, but in 2014, yeah. 2015, 2016, he wouldn't have been in the top 10 on my ballot because those ballots were so stacked. Yes. So, you know, right. that's... Now the, he's, he's easily yeah. in the top Well, no, he's not easy. To me, he's number 10. He's just skating in. I have him higher than that. Okay. And, uh, and, and uh, so he's in his ninth year, and obviously he's not going to make it this year, but to well, really have he's his at case 34%. Be read, he has no chance. Yeah, to have his case be read in year 10, which is, not a, which is a soft ballot, especially if one of the starting pitchers gets there is, in. There's no record of a guy jumping from the 30s to the 70s. That's not going to happen. I agree, but I, I want him – listen, that's, that's his problem. I want him to have his day – in the sun next year. Yeah, he's not and having he needs to get into the he's 50s not having to such get a day. considered. But he sh- I know. He deserves but it. He's going to get a lot harder than you think next year. I hope so. Uh, again, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. He could get into the low 60s. Yeah. I don't think he'd get hard. He was an elite hitter. Who's compl- he was a great base runner. He was a great fielder. He was good at he everything. He doesn't get the Coors Field bump that some of the other guys get. Now, Helton, I don't have in my top 10. Yeah. Um, I, have him at number four. I have him at number 14. I would not vote for him for the Hall of Fame. I would not vote for him either. I wouldn't cry if he gets in, but I would put nine. If he was the tenth best player, I would vote for nine guys. Yeah. No. I, again, I, I have road I suck. have ten Hall of Famers, and I have seven guys who I don't think are Hall of Famers, but I wouldn't cry if they got in. And he's one of them. He is worse than he is objectively worse than Fred McGriff if you take out the course field factor. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I have helped is, in one slot higher than McGriff. But yeah, I think if you really if you really put in ballpark factors, it would be and, and also era factors, it would be very hard to justify. Well, Fred McGriff's OPS plus is one thirty four. Helton's is one thirty three. So they're basically even when you adjust for era and in home field. Okay, offensively. Um, all right, so Edgar and, and Larry Walker, those are my two guys that I'm strategic. Not that they don't deserve it, but that that strategically need my vote. If I could only vote for five guys, those would be my five. Yeah, uh, I'm on the opposite side of the stat head community on this one. I do not believe Edgar Martinez is a Hall of Famer. And it doesn't bother me because if you want to really value defense highly, like Edgar Martinez, I'm old enough to remember, like he was a five in Stratomatic. Uh, like he was objectively, like the reason he was a DH was not because like they wanted to preserve his bat. The reason he was a DH was because like he was a historically bad. Third yeah. Baseman. Now to be fair, and couldn't he also his numbers suffer a little bit? His traditional numbers because he played in a in a pitcher's park, obviously, for most of his career. Mm-hmm. And we probably say this every year, but he also was 
the best player in the minor leagues by a hundred miles for three years. But well, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, if he if he starts playing before age twenty seven or whenever he makes the majors, yeah. then I do. Have I mean, him in the similar. Hall of Famer. Not. I mean, this guy will be a Hall of Famer, but similar to Ichiro, like he lost the years that would have really changed. Yeah, but you know, Ichiro's a little bit different. He's coming from another country, and I think people, you know, some yeah, people consider him. But the I'm true, saying they yeah. lost. They lost their prime. Well, some people you know, consider him the true. These hit are two king. guys who are going to make the Hall of Fame, even though like they lost like six years. Yeah. Well, again, some people consider Ichiro the true hit king because they count his numbers in Japan. Mm-hmm. All right, so well then, Saruhuro O would probably be your home run. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that's five guys. Uh, then I have the next tier, tier three, or the starting pitchers, and I have Schilling, Musina, and Roy Halladay all uh, in my top ten. Yeah, I have Schilling four, Musina five, and Halladay eight on my ballot. So Halladay's interesting. He's like a, he's like a homeless man's Kofax a little bit <laughs> in that like he uh, doesn't homeless. have that many good years. Fine. Yeah. Uh, but the weird thing about Halladay is. And it even hurts his like total numbers. His first couple of years, and people sort of forget this now. He was historically bad. Like yeah, he, he had he like a twelve year out of yeah. the majors, and like something happens, and then he fixes things. Yeah. But uh, Halliday, Halliday's highs are much higher than Mike Musina's highs. Like yeah. Halliday, I, I believe has six. Uh, I I almost made a very tasteless Cy joke there, by the way, but I refrained. Uh huh. Um, Andy Pettit has one. I believe one top three Cy Young uh, vote uh, finish ever, whereas Halliday has something like six. Well, so I want to talk about something you were saying before about like benefiting from being on the Yankees. I think Mike Mussina suffers from being on the Yankees because I think that people, Why? I think people tend to think, oh, he wasn't that good. He was just you know always around and always in the playoffs because he was on the Yankees. Whereas Pettit benefits from being on the Yankees because that's true about Pettit. That's not true about Mussina. Mussina was a Hall of Famer, and he would have been on any Halliday has seven top five Cy Young finishes. That, and again, that's one for Pettit, just to give you an idea of like the difference. In, yeah, but again, I don't care about the real uh, Cy Young. And two top I, ten I, MVP I care finish. about the Chester Cy Young, obviously. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, how many Chester Cy Youngs does he have? Oh, well, now i got to open up my chart. You didn't tell no, me. you don't have to open it, but how many, I'd be more interested in top fives, because you can't really, uh, you know, it's not his fault if someone has a crazy year. All right, I will tell you, I had Roy Halliday number one in 2003, number two mm-hmm. in 2006, Number three in 2008. Number three in 2009. That's four top threes with the Blue Jays. Then he goes to the to the Phillies, and I have winning in both 2010 and 2011. So I give him mm-hmm. three Chester Cy Youngs and uh, three more top three finishes. So six, which is yeah, exactly what Pettit really had. Good. Or and exactly Pettit what he had in real life, excuse me. Uh, Pettit, by the way, I have third on my ballot in 1997 and third on my ballot in 2005. And no other top five finishes. No, why? I, I this this chart only has the top only three. Okay, well that's a little different. Fine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So those are the top eight. Our only difference is Edgar, and I don't think you're you would get on a uh, mountaintop and yell about Edgar making the Hall of Fame. No, again, I, I I have him number thirteen on my ballot. He's in the group of guys who you know they, they could be, but I wouldn't be voting. Now for I'm him. curious where we're going to differ. So yeah. I have Gary Sheffield in. Okay. Oh, good. I, I thought you would not. So I'm guy. glad you do. So you did last year, but again, four guys, including Vlad, got in, and it clears up. And well, I have him in the same Sheffield's spot. Case. I had him ninth on my ballot last year. I have him ninth on my ballot this year because Roy Halladay and Mo Rivera jump in above him to replace Chipper Jones and Jim Tomei. Mm-hmm. I had I had Hoffman and, and Vlad below him, who both also made it last uh, year. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious because we're going to have at least one difference now because you don't have... Edgar, yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, you were extremely high on Billy Wagner last year. Well, I was much higher on Billy Wagner than I was on Trevor Hoffman. 
Yes. So you were anti-Hoffman. Yeah. Is Billy Wagner in your top ten? No, not even close. Okay, fine. So I thought I thought you'd have Billy Wagner. No, the the guy uh, pitched nine hundred comp- career innings. That's four. That's yeah, four I didn't even look at his case because I knew pitcher. he wasn't in my top ten. Yeah. But at some point in the next couple of years, I'll do a Billy Wagner deep dive. But but I I don't think he's all famer. But uh, maybe there's value if he's the second best closer of the era. Then you could argue he is a Hall of Famer. You, you know, using a different set of standards than you would for starting pitching. That doesn't mean he's more valuable than Andy Pettit, but it might mean that he. Did some, you know, he's the, if he's the second best closer of his era and Pettit's the 11th best closer. Well, I mean, starter, to me, he is because I, I have Wagner number four all time. I have Rivera number one, Eckersley number two, and Hoyt Wilhelm number three. Mm-hmm. And then I have Billy Wagner. I have him ahead of Goose Gossage, Trevor Hoffman, Bruce Suter, Raleigh Fingers, all Hall of Famers. Raleigh Fingers, by the way, only in the Hall of Fame because of his mustache. Yeah. I mean, his, right. career, so then my his tenth... career ERA plus is 119. That's what a starting pitcher should have, not a closer. Wagner's, just for comparison, is 187. Yeah. I mean, Wagner's is insane. Well, uh, and what was what's Mariano's? Like 215 or something? No, uh, Mario's 205. Greatest of all time. That's crazy. Um, and all by right, the way, so my what, what makes Rivera the greatest of all time is not his regular season to me. It's his postseason. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, that's not really a, a hot take. A, yeah, a I know. I know. <laughs> okay. So the 10th tenth, the tenth spot, to me, I, I went back and Wait, forth. Wait, so... so well, you only. Oh, you have the eight that I have, and you have Edgar Martinez. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have this guy in, and you're not going to like it. But I left Manny Ramirez out this year. Okay. I th- I just think he does need like he cheated twice. Like I don't have a problem with guys getting away with with cheating, but he got busted. So if there was nine spots, I would have no problem giving him the tenth. But I think people who didn't get caught cheating, even if they obviously cheated, get a better you know, get a better. Um, sort of pathway like an easier spot than Manny but you're going to hate who I put in instead uh, by the way c- before can I just tell you I only have eight corner outfielders better than Manny Ramirez in the 140 year I'm history not arguing that Manny I think I'm higher than Manny on Manny than you are well, I don't in think general I don't think you can be because I just said I have him ninth all time it's Babe Ruth Ted Williams but you just said he's a borderline hall of famer based on his career war yeah I know I retract that by the way because <laughs> I okay. just went and looked well, at my chart here I have Babe Ruth Ted Williams Barry Bonds Hank Aaron, Stan Musial, Frank Robinson, Ricky Henderson, Mel Ott, and then Manny Ramirez. I have him ahead of Yaz, mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson, you know, a million other guys. So, okay, you're not going to like this, I don't think. But my my tenth guy is Sammy Sosa. Yeah, that's that's insane. I don't think it's insane. Okay, okay. okay first he of has all, nine so, four war. Hold, or hold above on, hold on, years. hold on. Sosa took steroids. You acknowledge that, correct? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, allegedly. <laughs> okay. Did O.J. Simpson commit double homicide? No, he was <laughs> found innocent. <laughs> I'm not asking Come in on. a court of law. I'm asking you. Did O.J. Simpson commit double homicide? I wasn't there. Okay. All right. I don't know. No, I'm serious. I don't know. Okay. All right. Okay. He okay. Let, no. Let's not get sidetracked. What here. reason would I have to believe okay. other than the fact that he's like a Buffalo Bill. Manny, okay, Manny Ramirez and Sammy Sosa. What would his incentive be to lie, OJ Simpson? Manny Ramirez and Sammy Sosa both played 17 seasons. They both played uh-huh. almost the identical number of games. So they have yeah. very, very similar career numbers to compare to, right? Yeah. Now, so here's Sammy Sosa's problem is his last useful year is 34. He's still like a, a, a major leaguer at 35, but then by 36, he is literally not a major leaguer anymore. Well, his problem is that he had that four-year run, and that's about it. His problem is that his career OPS plus is 128. 
128 does not get you in as a corner outfielder unless you're somebody like Tim Raines who had 800 steals. And even still, he only got in because you well, know, he's got a negative defensive war. I think is yeah. part of part of the well, issue. So Manny, Rame- but, but the, I'm not. But I don't hold think on, he hold was on. in his prime. Con- I, we're not even. Yeah. We're not even talking about Sammy Sosa's defense. We're talking only about offense. His OPS mm-hmm. plus is 128. That means he was 28. I mean, he doesn't have six good years. He was 28 percent better than the average hitter in baseball in his career. For a corner outfielder, that's not great, Bob. If you're 128, you don't make the All Star game. Now, that's his career, and his peak was higher, obviously. But Manny Ramirez mm-hmm. is 154. Manny Ramirez's OPS is almost oh, I 1, think Manny Ramirez is better. I'm not arguing that Manny Ramirez isn't better than Sosa. Then why do you have Sosa on your I'm ballot right. and not Ma- Manny Ramirez? Because Manny Ramirez got caught cheating twice. But so Sosa also cheated. He didn't and get we don't caught. care about steroids, I thought. We are pro steroids. So why do you have Bonds and Clemens on your ballot, then? I don't understand this. Because they didn't get caught. And also, they would have been in the Hall of Fame anyway. So you're not voting for A-Rod? Oh, I will vote for A-Rod. Yeah. A-Rod, in the next four years, I think it's really just Jeter and A-Rod. A-Rod's going to have a big problem because he's so unlikable. Yeah. Well, I know he's repairing his image now. He, he's going he's gonna to have a big problem because he's sort of below Bonds in the immortality and even in a weird way in the likability. Um, okay. How about this? So 1993 – let's go year by year with Sa- for Sammy okay. for a second. 1993, he hits 260, 33 homers um, – Fine. Then he then he turns it on. Year twenty five, ninety nineteen ninety four. Hits three hundred with twenty five home runs. Uh, still isn't walking yet. He doesn't. But again, only hundred games because of the strike. Then he hits two sixty eight, thirty six home runs. He starts getting on base. So his his on base percentage hits three forty for the first time. The next year, nineteen ninety six, two seventy forty home runs. Um, he takes a slight step back with walks, but he's almost at. Uh, 900 OPS, and he's at his WAR hits uh, five. So he's got two straight years of five WAR. He hasn't even gotten good yet. Well, I mean that was right. Good. <laughs> I would argue 40. Home I mean, runs I'm saying he good. hasn't even like 1997. He has a bad year. He actually plays in every game, but only hits 250. It's 36 home runs, but that's has bad. has has, has an OPS plus below 100. He was a below average hitter in baseball. Yeah, so he okay. He led the league in strikeouts. His on base percentage okay. was 300. Not great. Yeah, no, he had a really bad year in 1997. Yeah. 1998, I don't know what happened. Yeah. But <laughs> between 97 and 98, but um he hits 300, he hits 308 with 66 home runs. Correct. Starts getting walked. He OPS is over 1000 and his WAR was um uh uh 6 and a half. Yes. And he won the then MVP. Two fifty with 36 home runs, three uh excuse me, 280 with 63 home runs. His he hits 320 with 50 home runs. And then the year people forget, 2001, because of Bonds, he hits 320. By far the best year of his career. 64 home runs. He walks 116 times. Uh, his Yeah, his OPS is almost 1,200. Yeah. 1,200. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not even his most famous year. By the way, his OPS plus that year was 203, which means that in his best year, he was almost as better than the average hitter as Mariano Rivera was better than the average pitcher for his yeah, entire well, career. It's absurd to compare to Mariano <laughs> yeah, Rivera. No, I'm just saying that. But anyway, his second most famous yeah, year, he what is... What do you mean second most? He had 10 more. Part- by everybody's stretch of the imagination, that was the greatest year of his career. Nobody yeah, says that was the greatest most year. famous year. Well, it wasn't okay. It wasn't the most, most famous because because a he he had hits. If you asked the casual or even big baseball fan on the street how many home runs did Sammy Sosa hit in 2001, nobody would know. They would probably say 40. No, 
They wouldn't say four. I'm telling you they would. No, because he has the famous the four-year run with the most home runs ever with the 200. Like, everybody knows that, I think. I, I People will guess 40, 48. Nobody's going to guess 64. It's forgotten in history. Yeah, he had then 63 years the next year, he had 288 with 49 home runs. He he would have gotten to the 50s, but he, he finally missed games for the first time in like a decade. Yeah. By the way, the steroid, like, for if he's really taking steroids, he's remarkably healthy. Of course, his career does end pretty quickly. Um, so he has a legitimate, he doesn't have like force. It's not a Roger Maris situation. Like you're making it seem like he was he was a joke. He has 11 years in a row where he's an extremely valuable player. Nine of them where he's a four war player or above. One of those years he's got, he's is essentially two years. It's so good. Here's my problem. The first nine years of his career up through age 28. Okay. Yeah. And that includes a couple of decent seasons. But up the range, twenty-eight. He's a he's a bad fielding corner outfielder. Yeah. With a career batting average of two fifty-seven, on base of three hundred eight, OPS of seven seventy-seven. Which, by the it, way, is an OPS. It's weird because he gets at bats in the majors. Like he does have a chance. You know, he starts in Texas, and people forget the White Sox. Yeah, go look at that last season on the White Sox. By the way, his yeah, o- his OPS I mean, was two fifty was five seventy-six. Yeah, he, it was or- he put up Ordonez numbers. Yeah. Other than he had without the defense, runs. he was yeah. insanely bad. Yeah. His first year on the uh, Cubs, by the way, he played the Cubs, field. He's like a he's like a fourth or fifth outfielder, and he's not good. Yeah. And then immediately he sort of uh, joins the Cubs. He's still only twenty four because he he started playing when he was twenty. He just wasn't ready. So so my my issue with him is that he was a below average baseball player until age twenty eight, and then at age twenty nine in nineteen ninety eight, he somehow he turned into the greatest power hit of all time. And again, take all the steroids you want. I don't care. Steroids are great. It means you want to win. It means you're trying hard. That's fine. But with all the steroids, his career numbers. I have him in the gray zone, which means if he makes the Hall of Fame, it wouldn't bother me. But he's number seventeen on my ballot. I don't. You you yourself said he's not as good as Manny Ramirez. So why are you voting for one over the other? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course you also the biggest snub on your list is Scott Rowland. All right, so here the, Rowland to me one. I don't have a good way to quantify defense. Okay. Like, By the I way, have, Scott Rowland top seventy WAR. Which you know who doesn't do that? Manny Ramirez. Um, Mariano Rivera, Sammy Sosa, any of these guys. Edgar Martinez. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Uh, Not to be old school baseball guy, but on their absolute best day or on their 10th best year, uh, the three guys are coming up. Sammy Sosa, Manny Ramirez, or Scott Rowland? Who are you least afraid of? Well, it's a good point because I forgot that the only part of baseball that matters is hitting. So good job. Well, no, I also fear it's manager. Scott Rowland. Well, that's why I have Gary Sheffield because I was always terrified of him on the other team. Scott Rowland. First of all, his OPS plus is one twenty two for his career. Sosa is one twenty eight. So they're pretty close to each other. But the difference that Scott Rowland played a defensive position, and that's what people forget. Third base is not corner outfield. It's not first base. Third base is a defense first position. The primary job of a third baseman is like a second baseman or a shortstop. It is to play the position defensively. And Scott Rowland was one of the greatest, probably five, to ever do that. And oh, by the okay, way, he was I also don't a great a, hitter. All right, so Roland has six years equivalent of Sosa's nine, uh, four war or better offensively. Okay, but again, why now defensively yeah, why he puts up a bunch defense? of monsters. I guess Ozzie Smith that, shouldn't that, be in the Hall of Fame either. Then I don't think Ozzie Smith should be in the Hall of Fame. What are you talking about? <laughs> Now, I have no problem with Roland making it, but as an offensive player to me, he is cl- playing in an era where everyone was hitting. You know, the guys who were OPSing in the 850s, again, I don't have Fred McGriffin, and I'm more impressed with Fred McGriff's 850 
than with when Scott Rowland. Yeah, but again, Fred McGriff was a first baseman. Rowland was an elite defensive third baseman. Mm-hmm. No, I listen. I have. No I mean, Gold Gloves are, are not the him. best, you know, judge obviously because you know mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Palmero once got one as a DH, but you know Scott Rowland had eight Gold Gloves. Hmm. I, I Scott Rowland finished in the top ten in MVP voting, in the top thirteen in MVP voting once. I don't know how much better because he does. Because the voters Chester. are morons. We know that. I don't mean I, but uh, yes, but I don't think that they were ever. What year should Roland have won the MVP besides two thousand four? I mean, what about the year that Ryan Howard won it? Uh, because uh, he hit a bunch of home runs and RBIs, and then his team gave him a hundred twenty-five million dollar contract. Like, yeah, I mean, I haven't mentioned people, RBI. I'm just Roland saying people were people RBIs. were stupid. We know people were stupid. I mean, I, I'm not a Roland hater, and I have no mm. problem with him making it. But I need to. I, I like. I didn't study the defensive stats, yeah. and Roland also is only in his second year on the ballot. He's not coming close this year. He may eventually make it. Mm, yeah, I don't um, think so. I mean, at least he's still on the ballot. Jim Edmonds didn't even stay on the ballot, which was a tragedy. The Redskins claimed Reuben Foster. That's a good. That's a good PR bump for them. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a team that uh, is known for. Uh, I, I think him. Off. You know, is it is he going to give Adrian Peterson parenting advice, or is Adrian Peterson like <laughs> going to give him or, a relationship or, like, advice? Yeah, give exactly. him husbanding advice. Oh, Jeez. All right. Okay. So Let's we have eight out of ten ballots the same. You're voting for Edgar Martinez and Sammy Sosa. I'm voting yes. for Manny Ramirez and Scott Rowland. I wouldn't be offended no problem by either of the guys vote. you voting for making it. Um, yeah. yeah. But let's talk about one guy who we both would be offended for that's doing better than everyone we just Omar mentioned. Omar Vizquel. It's crazy. Okay. So what did they see in Omar Vizquel? Well, he opened with a monster 37 percent in year one. Get much higher than that in year two. So I think Omar okay. Vizquel is going to make the Hall of Fame. His OPS. Not is six eighty eight, and he played it in all, his OPS plus is eighty two. I mean, he would need to be basically the greatest shortstop of all time to even discuss it. And I maybe he was. Well, okay. So his, his defenders, his defenders, his yeah, the, those who advocate for him argue that well, he was Ozzy Smith, just less flashy. So a couple things. First of all, Ozzy Smith's uh, offensive numbers were a little bit better than Vizquel's. That's number one. Second of mm-hmm. all. I don't think that he was in the same. I think that the only reason people are voting for him is because it's sort of like the old school way to thumb their nose at the um, at sort of at the steroid guys because he seems like obviously not a steroid guy. Sure. Yeah, the non-steroid guys do well. That's why the closers do well. That's yeah. why the starting pitchers do disproportionately I mean, but, well. But but again, by like, the way, Omar Vizquel hit ten home runs once. Yeah, Ozzy Smith uh, had his career uh, WAR of seventy-seven. Omar Vizquel's at forty-five. So get the fuck out of here with your you know Omar Vizquel is Ozzy Smith because that's ridiculous. You know, uh, he's got his sec- the second best OPS of his career, including years where he had played like a game, is <laughs> seven fifty nine. Yeah, not great. So uh, yeah, he should not be in the Hall of Fame. He doesn't but- even have that. Like, how many Gold Gloves does he have? Like nine or ten? Yeah, I don't, I don't. He'd need twenty. Yeah, um, yeah. So I have Omar Vizquel. He's eighteen on my ballot. Andy Pettit is nineteen on my he ballot. He got one. He got one point in MVP voting in his career. Yeah, he made three All Star games. So even. You know, as a contemporary, wasn't considered a great player. Let he me ask a question: Does Lance Berkman stay on the ballot more than one year? All right, so I, I all right, so I spent because because it's so stacked for the top fifteen or sixteen. I spent. We haven't even really mentioned Kent or Jones, who's definitely going to stay on the ballot, but not make a lot of noise. Not making noise. I didn't really look at Lance Berkman. I didn't look at his case. I wouldn't blow my mind, but if you put a gun to my head now, I'd say Lance Berkman does not stay on. The and ballot. but there's no one else who will stay on the ballot. There's no one else who should even be in conversation. That you mean that we haven't mentioned? Of all, no, of the first year guys. Tejada, Oswald, Polanco, Derek Lowe, you know, uh, the Greek Jew, uh, Kevin Euclid. It wouldn't, sh- it wouldn't blow my mind if Miguel Tejada got 5% from like the... Uh, first of all, 
the sports writers love Michael Young. I don't think he'll stay on, but he's definitely going to get. Yeah, some, he made the All Star game year definitely. after year, and it's like he's like Garrett Anderson. You look at his numbers, and it makes no sense. Oh, and also Helton will definitely stay on the ballot. Helton's yeah, yeah. Well, well no, I know, like but Helton is in the gray zone. We, we mentioned Helton could be so a Hall Lance of Famer. Berkman. He doesn't have any votes through seven. Not that that means anything, yeah. but. I have Lance uh, Berkman well, as the 16th the best, best left. I haven't looked at his case at all. I have Lance Berkman as the 16th best left fielder of all time. I mean, you're really adjusting for Park because the guy played in a crazy hitter's play. Yeah, well, his OPS so. plus is 144. His career is a little bit on the short side. Yeah, he sure. was probably juicing. He just he just nudges into 50 career WAR. I I don't think he should come close to the Hall of Fame. I think he's in the Hall of Very Good. You know, him and Andy Pettit and Omar Vizquel can all hang out there together. Yeah. And Miguel Tejada and Roy think about this. If If you think there's even a slight doubt about Sosa, he is the homeless man Sosa in every way, and he's not a good defender. He's probably worse defender than Sam. I don't know if you can call him homeless. And, and, playing in, and playing in a much better hitter's park. I mean, Houston in the early 2000s was Yeah, but he was, all, he was a dramatic. He was full stop. He was a much better hitter, taking all context into account. Again, his OPS plus is 144. Sosa's is 120. I mean, yeah. So the the thing Berkman sort of was under the radar good at was he was, an, you know, an on-base machine. He was an on-base machine. His career on-base percentage is 406. Also, he didn't spend half his career sucking like Sammy Sosa did. So The the only guy that I'm not sure if he stays on the ballot is Berkman. He's the only guy I'm not sure about. But I would guess he doesn't, but, you know, he'll be on the margins. I'd, I'd love to see his road stats when he was on the Astros, but I don't have them in front of me. All right. Are we done? Uh, it's been like 45 minutes, and we've discussed marathons yeah. and baseball. Oh, well, we don't have to talk about football. No, we it don't. would be very on point. Oh, okay. I mean, you want to do – let's do quick picks for uh, the league where they play for pay. Pay, pay yeah, for, play can, for can pay. Yeah, mix that one up. Do you follow Mike Francis on Twitter? It's truly a delight. Back after this, I see that guy's tweets a lot because they're pretty good. Oh yeah, he well yeah he's better because he uh, he screen grabs. Yeah. Oh, the, you're uh, following the actual Francesa, you're saying? Yeah, I follow the actual Francesa. Because, uh, it's like, basically like all, he's Sports Trump. I don't know why we call him Sports Pope. He should be called Sports Trump. He is right. That is a better nickname. He's Sports Trump. Uh, he, he he must kill him that Trump like you know Trump doesn't ever call him because he would tell you immediately. Yeah. Um, but it must kill him that like he he su- like supports Trump, thinks he's friends with Trump. But does Trump listen to talk no radio? Love. Because the only places that you're listening to talk radio is on a work site or in a car. And no, Trump he, is he definitely doesn't cars. listen now that Trump hasn't been in New York literally in, in, but, in two years. But not even that. Trump hasn't driven his own car like ever. True. So Trump's True, not but running. He sat in his office all day. No, he used to sit in that office all day. Though, people sit years. in offices listening to radios? I, he he was definitely like extremely aware of Mike. I feel like everyone in New York was aware of Mike. Uh, I mean, if you go in like a, a taxi, then there was a good chance they'd be listening. Now, for instance, uh, a guy like Trump would be traveling. Yeah, if Trump wasn't pri- you know, flagging down private taxis where, at like, any point his since driver doesn't. Yeah, his yeah, driver exactly. doesn't listen to his own stuff. Um, all right, so let's make some quick picks here. Um, uh, through twelve weeks, I've won seven weeks. You've won four weeks, and we had a tie. Um, but I'm plus 16 overall because there's a couple weeks where I beat you by like five, where you uh, did really mm-hmm. bad. So uh, let's let's jump to this week. Uh, how do you want to do this? I've ranked the games in watchability. We can just do it that way. We can do it whichever way you want. Uh, watchability. It's this the part of the year where we always do watchability. Yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, we will start with the worst game this week, Buffalo at Miami. There's, there's, at this point the of the year, game, there's no cause... reason to spend any time discussing two non-playoff teams. Well, Miami could definitely make the playoffs. No, still. I'm not saying they will. We call them the worst the, five and fourteen. We call them the worst five and five team. Now we call them the worst. I five mean, the and five six and six teams in the AFC. By the way, uh, quick question for you: Better conference, AFC or NFC? NFC still. 
for sure. I think it's the AFC. That's crazy. The AFC, uh, I think the AFC has like seven of the top 11 teams. Well, that's crazy. It's not crazy. Can we do a quick power ranking? I, I think the Colts would make the playoffs in the NFC, All right. and uh, which means that the Texans would make the playoffs in the NFC, which means that there's, first of all, six teams easily. By the way, and you then, said seven out of yeah. 11. I actually have six out of, I have seven of my top 12 in my power rankings are in the AFC right now. Congratulations. Uh-huh. But then the difference is that from 13 through 18. Are they on the Jets and the Bills? and the 13 Rakes? through 18 is all NFC. Carolina, Dallas, yeah, Philly, yeah, Green Bay, yeah. Washington, there is, Atlanta. So I, in, in terms of games, I think the AFC leads like 26-25 or something like that. Like one of the, it's, it's very close uh, in terms well, of... Well, the thing is, the game. NFC after New Orleans and the Rams, there's a little bit of a drop. I mean, you got Chicago, but then there's a little bit of, you know... Well, I, you know, uh, Josh Cantor has really been hammering oh us. God. He's a Bears fan yeah. about... About our hatred of the Bears. I lost the bet with him. I, I did you see? I got. A, I had to post something on Facebook. I got to change my Facebook profile picture. I mean, the Bears are in the top five in points for and points against. Yeah, I That's have a, wild. I have the number six in my power rankings right now. All credit to the Chicago Bears. The, yeah, the Bears are. Listen, if Mitch Trubisky was like Andy Dalton, they'd be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I asked Cantor this before we went on. Can the Bears win the Super Bowl? He said yes. Yeah, because he think, he no. keeps saying that Mitch Trubisky is this year's um, Carson Wentz. What he seems to forget is that Carson Wentz all, was Carson going Wentz to win the MVP the last year before he got injured. Yeah. Yes. Um, is he? I mean, is he better than Nick Foles? Probably. Yeah, but, but he turns the ball over. Yeah, but Nick Foles. Nick Foles was was not Nick Foles. Nick Foles was much better than Nick Foles. Also, that's why they won the NFC title game in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but could Mitch Trubisky have four good games? Now, they're, again, they're not. going to I don't get think a five, so because issue number one. Nick Foles. We had seen an, an entire amazing season from him once upon a time right, three years true, earlier. True. Nick Foles has has some weird. Trubisky is is a rich man's Tim Tebow. He can move with his legs and he has an ability. Mitch Trubisky can beat a team that you need to score twenty five points to beat. Mitch Trubisky cannot beat a team that you need to score thirty five points to beat. The Bears I mean, do not have any chance in hell against the Rams or the Saints. So the, the three de- the three playoff caliber teams the Bears have played have been uh, good games. They off the top of my head, they lost by a touchdown to the Patriots, and then they played the you play what they do against you guys. They beat you guys. They beat the Vikings, and yeah. I think they the, lost a close. But they game didn't beat the Seattle. Vikings because of their offense. They beat the Vikings because no, they beat Seattle in Week Two at home. Pretty easily. Oh, yeah, so they beat both those teams. Okay, so they've beaten the two best. Well, Seattle was garbage at that point. Played. Seattle was 0 2, right? Yeah, so yeah, Seattle in week two was a good time to get them. Yeah, I mean, they lost to the um, Packers. They do play the Rams in two weeks. Obviously, that would be, you know, if, if they beat the Rams, then we could talk about something else. By the way, the eyes. As of right now, what's your week 17 night game? Is it the Bears Vikings? No, I think the Bears are going to clinch the division in week 16, be locked into the three seed. Which will be good mm-hmm. for the Vikings because I think it'll make it a much. We, I mean, it, it's it's it seems like an obvious question, but I assume you have the Bears going three and one with a loss to the Rams, so they'd be eleven and four going to that game. No, I have the Bears going two and two. You have them losing to the Packers. No, I have them losing to the Giants this week. You're so high on the Giants. People were were asking why are what like you were like well every NFC team is going to be seven and nine, and you had the Giants. Well, no, going I was I was just play. saying that for trolling reasons. I don't actually think the Lions are that or the Giants are that good. That was your actual prediction. No, it wasn't. No, my actual prediction is that the Giants finish uh, six and ten. Is it possible you were slightly wrong and Eli Manning is kind of okay? No, I've been arguing all season that Eli Manning is not ultimately the problem there. Eli Manning has not been terrible this year. He's been below average, but he's no. been typical Eli Manning. The problem is it are, weird also that the goalposts have moved, no pun intended, so much for quarterbacks, where it's like Philip Rivers is basically now you know better than Aaron Rodgers ever was. <laughs> And he's like the seventh best quarterback. Yeah, that's why you need uh, relative Marcus stats Mariota, like, like CQBR plus to take into account the era. 
by the way, Mariota Winston update. Mariota's better than Winston. Like <laughs> that team last stinks. Night? No, that team stinks, and he was like actually doing good things. Yeah. You want to hear a tragedy? I put, I, I, how about this? I, lo- I lost in Mariotta fantasy. On the Bears, I lost in fantasy last night when Deshaun Watson took a kneel down after that stupid um, fumble by um, Derrick Henry. Oh, that's brutal. So I lost, I've never lost on kneel down Diskin, or one. But Diskin did, had like 166 fantasy. point something, and I had 166 point something. Um, I would quit fantasy. It doesn't matter. I'm already locked into my playoff seed. Oh, let me ask you this. I've asked you off air. Yeah. Uh, in one of my leagues, I have a scenario where if I eight teams make the playoffs out of 12, and I'm right now the one. All seed. right. I'm about to answer this because I have the same scenario in my league. If I lose to the worst team in the whole league on purpose, then she will probably be the eighth seed, and I get to play her in the quarterfinals. There is no advantage to winning this league. Yeah. Um, All right. So I, I am in almost an identical scenario because the way that we work in our playoffs is – the playoffs are everyone plays everyone, which means six teams make the playoffs. In the first round, the top two teams get a bye. Three, four, and five, six all play each other. The two highest scores advance, okay? Yeah. And then in, in the semifinals, it's one, two, and the two winners from the previous week. And the same thing, the two highest scores advance the championship. There, there, right now, the way our league is, the way our league is our standings, the team, there's a team that's six and six. They're in sixth place right now. They are mm-hmm. the second or third worst team in the league, but they've been pretty lucky, and so they're six and six. Yeah. Uh, then right behind them are four, five, and seven teams, all of whom are much better and have like 200 plus more points than the six and six team. Yeah. So each of those five and seven teams needs a win and uh, to outscore the other five and seven teams and the six and six team to lose to make the playoffs, right? And are you playing the six and six? I'm team? playing the six and six team. I'm locked it's into crazy the three seed. That so I'm going to play. Plays standard. Everyone play like everyone just plays thirteen games. So I could basically really choose if that. I lose on purpose. I get a weaker opponent for the first for the next round in the playoffs. Well, you don't know who your next round is because you're you're a, you have a bye. Like no 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 no. I'm I'm going to be the three seed. I'm I don't have the bye oh, because okay. I've got you're bad schedule luck. Yes. Actually, okay. one team in our league, the third worst team in our league this year, is nine and two and is locked into a bye, which is absurd. But anyway. Yeah, the, the, this team, first of all, I traded her when Dalvin Cook was out. I gave her Golden Tate for Dalvin Cook, which looks pretty good now. The Golden Tate, like... Yeah, now by the playoffs, it looks good. But for a while, it looked pretty bad. No, because I was I was in um, first place, and I was pretty sure that Cook would be fine. But did you make this playoffs, before like, Golden Tate got traded? Before he got traded, yeah. yeah. All right, that's not bad, I guess. But he would, Golden Tate wasn't even starting for me, because I had... Yeah, um, I mean, Cook isn't great either, but... He, I mean, as a second running back, he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so what? So, what's your so take? So, should we lose on purpose this week to give ourselves an easier opponent? What, in, in the first I, have, I have an added complication, which is that if I lose and the second place team wins, but outscores me by like a crazy amount, so losing on purpose means you're going to sit your whole roster. Well, no. So, first of all, my league has a rule, which is the rule that shouldn't have to be a rule, but we made it once a rule, which is you have to field a lineup of nine healthy starting players every single week. Interesting. So I, I I couldn't. So we don't have that rule. Yeah, and I only have I only have two quarterbacks on my team, Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. So I couldn't not start one of those guys. But you know, if I'm really yeah. trying to be a troll here, I could sit you know Devonte Adams and start Muhammad Sanu. Right. Well, or something well, like I also that. have you have the I have the Monday night option, which is I have Ertz going Monday night. I can pick that league actually plays with a kicker and a defense, so I could pick up like Jake Elliott, the Eagles kicker, and maybe the the Eagles or Redskins defense will get cut, and I'll be able to pick them up. Um. You know, and I could sort of decide Monday night. I may have won already, but like, let's say I need. Three now, does your league give like players. cumulative awards based on points and things like that? 
No, that's why. Oh, like, so mine does no all that kind of stuff. So that's one disincentive. But to me, the main thing there's is no disincentive. It, for me. To me, I would never do this. So I'm talking about it, but I'm just joking because to me, it, it, it's bad karma. It goes against the principles of fantasy, and, and like you do it to upstage your friends and to dominate them week after week. That's why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Don't rest, guys. I mean, Try and get the best like score. A, Go for 200 points every like, week. Right. I got mm-hmm. 166 this week and lost by a hair. Um, you know, hopefully next week I will win by a hair. But um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm gonna try and win, even though it'll it'll allow a more challenging team to. Uh, I just think it's a funny story. Like part of fantasy is that fun, that and I feel like nothing's more fun than pulling this off. You know, if I could, yeah, if I could pull off losing on purpose, getting this because it's an automatic win. Like when I said I traded Dalvin Cook for Golden Tate, like Golden Tate is her best player at this point. Like oh, so she's really bad. A, yeah, yeah, like a bereft team of you know, like just nothing. It's a, it's a one QB league, and the quarterback is like Kirk Cousins. Yeah. The guy, the guy I'm playing situation. is a guy who uh, did not show up to our draft this year. A random high school kid showed up to draft for him. The high school kid did not realize we were a two-quarterback league and spent all his money before he had any quarterbacks on his team. So that was pretty funny. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's keep going because we you said we wouldn't spend one minute on Bill's Dolphins, and we're, I think we're not. Up now we're boring people with our fantasy leagues. Yeah. All right. So Bill's Dolphins. By the way, I don't think this is boring. I know I'm sure everyone else does, but I think it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, of course you don't. All right, okay. What uh, do you think, Rob? I don't, I, Rob may have admitted this on a podcast that has not been released yet, but uh, what do you think about him listening to 32 fans while at the movies? No, he said that last week on Renap. I thought oh, it was last week's episode. Yeah. Okay, because we filmed the we did air we recorded yeah. a couple in a row um, uh, with one ear with one ear button, so his wife would have noticed. What do you think about that? Would you ever do that? Like listen to a podcast while you. I mean, your kids to the if movie. I was taking my kids to a movie, like I once took my brother uh, to keep on the theme of Renap, uh, my only exposure to Harry Potter, I've never read a Harry Potter book. I took my youngest brother, who's now, you know, an adult, but at the time was a kid, for his birthday one year, I took him to one of the Harry Potter movies. And it was the most boring thing I'd ever done in my life. I was like dying of boredom. It was so bad. Yeah. And um, I've been there. And this Not is, with Harry Potter, but. And this is before like the age of smartphones. Like so I didn't have anything was to this do. Was Harry Potter 1 or just like a middle of the. Of like the run Harry Potter. I don't remember which one this was, but I actually turned to him and I said, "I've been stuck for like camp movies, like taking campers or whatever." Yeah. So like X Files two or movies where like I would literally be, I'd rather just be in the hallway doing nothing. Well, so that's what I did. So I said to him, "I said, before, I said, listen, you know, shy, no offense, I want you to enjoy this, but I'm just going to go in the hallway." And I just sat in the hallway and waited for the movie to end. What would happen? What would you do? What would happen? Let's say you, you and your wife take the boys to a movie. This has never happened. What would happen if she? It, you well because your kids are really young. But yeah. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, your kids are babies. Yeah. What would happen if she caught you listening to a podcast during a movie? Would she strangle you with headphones? Sure. Why? Honestly, why should she care? I, I don't know. There's a lot. Whatever. Not gonna. Not gonna blaspheme my friend, Doctor Jen. Um. So. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying Rob's wife. Yeah, because I don't understand why it would be such a scandal for him to get caught doing that. No, I don't think so. But you know, it might be like oh, it's not like he's not. It's not like he's ignoring the kids to listen to a podcast. He's supposed to be quietly watching a movie. Instead, he's quietly listening to a podcast. True. What's the difference? I would be nervous that other people could hear the podcast. Yeah, I actually, I took when we took our kids to Incredibles two. We were in the back row, and I had to like work a little bit. And I you whipped out um, a laptop. So I that screen. I How do you get away with the glare of that screen? Oh, but I took off the. I took off the. Uh, I took like I debrightened it. Yeah. I debrightened it. I can tell you, and uh, from lying in bed next to my wife on my laptop while she sleeps frequently, that the lowest level of brightness is still too much for someone who wants darkness. Yeah, but yeah, but that's a pitch black room versus a glaring screen. Yeah. So it didn't. Also, you're the anyone. back row. It's also it's a movie. It's a kids movie filled with kids causing complete havoc and chaos. Anyhow, correct, so. correct. Um, and I was like, my seat was like in the back corner of the theater. It was like, yeah. 
Um, but I you, you uh, threw someone in a wheelchair out of their seats that you could do some work. So I nice. All right, let's uh, l- let's keep going with these games. All right, Buffalo and Miami. We're both picking Miami, but we don't care. Correct? No, we don't care. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, Arizona at Green Bay. Who would have thought this was a meaningless game? But it is. Uh, Green Bay's not done. Yeah, they are. I'd uh, be just because their schedule's easy. No, like if Green Bay, was, a good Green Bay team, could come back from this. Okay. If Green Bay runs the table, they would be nine six and one. The problem is, I think they make the playoffs at nine six and well, one. Well, th- think. Well, hold on. This is the problem. They um they they are not going to make it ahead of Seattle. And by the way, you said you have them winning in Chicago, so you have them going nine six. No, I have them losing in Chicago. Oh, well, I have Chicago losing to oh, the, right, Giants. the Giants. That's yeah. absurd. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, we'll get to that. Um, I have I have Green Bay. Fi- Let's say Green Bay wins out to finish nine six and one. They're, the Vikings mm-hmm. are going to be nine six and one, and they lose the tiebreaker to the Vikings. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the only way they would make it would be if Carolina and Seattle were both nine and seven. Yeah. And one of those teams, most likely I mean, Carolina, Seattle, is, it's unlikely Carolina's going to be 10 and four, in my opinion. Seattle's going to be 10 and six, though. Yeah, Carolina's season is done. Yeah, Carolina Seattle lost at home good. to Seattle. Their season's done. All they did was screw me because stupid yeah. McCaffrey had 40 something fantasy points against me. But. Um, I, I, but in terms of saying it doesn't matter, I think that's a misnomer because they're going to be playing hard still. Well, yeah. Like I mean, it, well, all these guys it, are when they're 4 hard. 7 1, their season's over, and, the, you know, you could. Rodgers could care less, but like this week, not literally could care less. I mean, he would care okay, less. Okay, but there's no games. game with less playoff implications other than this one, the Buffalo Miami. I'm not saying it's a bigger game. I'm yeah. just saying even the two games you've mentioned so far, there's going to be one team trying extremely hard. Well, there's there's a team that technically is alive in the playoff race. That's correct. Okay. Well, there's very few eliminated teams because the league is very bottom heavy yeah. and not super top heavy right. this year. Okay, so uh, that's number. So we both have Green Bay winning, obviously. Kansas City at Oakland is my number 14 game. We both have Kansas City winning, nothing to say yeah, there. Yeah, this game stinks. This should be the worst game, except unless you're saying it's just so fun to watch Kansas City Well, play. part of it is it's always like fun to watch Kansas City. Zero. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, it's a, it's a robbery. It's a divisional matchup. So uh, number 13 is San Francisco at Seattle. Uh, the same argument there. Seattle has been very impressive the last few weeks. Let's see if they can keep it going. Uh, obviously, we both uh, Ru- By the way, Russell Wilson is the blank best quarterback in the league right now. Like this year, in terms of statistically, or if we're just ranking our quarterbacks, rank quarterbacks. Well, I mean, so we haven't updated our quarterback rankings since August, right? Yeah. Oh no, excuse me. I did re- update my quarterback rankings on September twenty first. I see, and on September twenty first, I had Russell Wilson where I had him in August, which is number four. I mean, do you have him behind Brady, Breeze? Do you? St- I guess Rogers still. I had him behind Brady, Breeze, and Rogers. I had Pat Mahomes up to he's, number six at that point, but we'd only yeah. seen him for three. I mean, weeks. you could make a case for him. He's. I, it would be hard to argue that he's not playing better than Aaron Rodgers this year. Oh, he's definitely playing better than Aaron Rodgers, but you know, so is Mitch Trubisky. Just about true. Um, um, I would have Mahomes ahead of him. I would Wilson have was Rivers incredible ahead of in the him. Carolina game. I, I think I would have Russell Wilson behind Mahomes, Rivers. Uh, I mean, Brady's not playing great this year either, honestly. No. Breeze, no, I obviously. Mean, you, you could make a case. Could you make a case that Wilson, other than Breeze, is playing the second best? Or you'd say, no, Mahomes has to be ahead of him. I mean, you can start making the argument, well, is it really Mahomes? Is it really, you know, Andy Reid in the offense? But Yeah, I mean, Wilson obviously has much less exciting weapons than Mahomes. Much yeah. less exciting. I mean, I have Russell Wilson statistically this year number eight right now. I have Breeze, Mahomes, Rivers, Goff. But, you know, obviously mm. that's a lot with his weapons. Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, and Andrew Luck who has just been on fire lately, as you've been saying repeatedly. Yeah, I mean, below average weapons, below average offensive line, and he, yeah. he's been really great. And yeah. they still get the Niners twice. So when we're talking about finishing 9-7, and seven, it's not looking great if you're rooting for this team to finish 9-7. Yeah. And, and by the way, have, number have, 9 right now in Chester quarterback ranking is one Mitch Trubisky. So yet again, we owe an apology to Sean Fahey. Well, that Seattle-Minnesota game is, 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 as I'm sure you know, the Monday night uh, game. That's a monster game. Basically, the most imp- in terms of who makes the playoffs, the most important game left in the league this no, year. No, they're both going to make the playoffs. 
They're, those are the two wild cards. Well, here if they lose, if Seattle loses that game, there's a good chance they lose the Kansas City game. Assuming Kansas City is yeah. trying on yeah. Sunday night. But, week but here's but here's the thing: they're nine and seven. Then even yeah, if but they they're beat nine the and seven. They have a tiebreaker over uh, Carolina. Right. Even though we're joking about Green Bay at nine six and one, that's not like the, the yeah. The only way that Seattle misses the playoffs at nine and seven is if somehow Carolina wins ten or Green Bay goes nine six. Or and what one. if the two what if two NFC's teams get to nine and seven? I, well, I don't know what the tiebreakers would be for all those teams, but I don't. Well, think they ha- they beat Dallas, so they would probably be. Famous. Yeah, and I I just I don't see a scenario where two of those teams are getting to nine and seven. I don't think any of them are getting to nine and seven. I think Nate's winning that division. So, okay, yeah, I mean, right, because Dallas' schedule is really hard. Right, I think Dallas game? might clinch it in week sixteen at eight and seven, and then they can rest in week seventeen. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So so the Rams at Detroit uh, yet again. It is a uh, elite team against the bad team. So nothing to say there. Uh, Jets at Tennessee. That's my next game. On this should be the worst game of the week. Well, Tennessee is still much more alive in the playoff race. Yeah, but why are they more alive than, you know, how is this any different than, than Miami? Miami Buffalo? Because, okay, so right now. Tennessee's three games back at Houston, okay. right? Okay, right now, the six and five, the wild card teams are Baltimore and, um, and Indianapolis, right? No, it's the the Chargers are the wild card team. Oh, excuse me, the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, that's the Chargers Baltimore are the wild card. Slash yeah, and then Baltimore and Indianapolis at six and five are tied for the final wild card spot. That's what I meant. Yeah, but Miami's there too. Okay, no, then okay, so right behind that at five and six are Denver, Tennessee, Cincinnati, and Miami. But of those four teams, Miami. So there's one in each division. Who's five and six? Of those four mm-hmm. teams, Miami is by far the worst of those teams. Yeah, but Cincinnati is Jeff Driscoll, so I'd say Miami's way ahead. Of I don't know. Jeff Driscoll looked pretty good this week. <laughs> uh, Miami just got Tannehill back, and Tannehill. And by the way, Cincy, I think is also done. I think of the five and six teams, Tennessee. No, Cincy's for sure done. I agree that Driscoll might be like decent enough that you don't have to like cut Tyler. And Bright, by the way, people are having a field day because we had never heard of this Jeff Driscoll like a month ago, and now he's like all over the place. Well, you had literally never heard of it. Yeah. I asked you. By the way, do people know that I asked you a bunch of backup quarterbacks and you cut the segment because you did so poorly? Uh, no, I cut the segment because there's a long pause of all. I don't know who these it guys was are. Really, it was a really interesting segment and you cut it because <laughs> no, you it wasn't did so poorly on It was three minutes of me saying, I don't know. Let's move on. This is boring. I don't yeah, know any of these to guys. To me, that was interesting. People like when you fail. Yeah. Well, I but I kept in the part where I said, I don't know when I'm going to fail. I just didn't okay. keep the three minutes um, of, of, of awkward silence. All right, so the Titans at 5-6. and six. Here's your defense of the Titans. But this is an unwatchable game. That's why it's insane that you have this game so high. Why? The it's Jets. the old Titans against the new Titans. You're an idiot. By the way, uh, at the lunch Jets. today, I hung out with uh, Hall of Fame quarterback celebrating the 50th anniversary of his Super Bowl championship. Oh, Joe Namath? Yeah. It's, was it a uh, boozy brunch? Yeah, it, well, it was. It was for me because the food wasn't kosher, so I just had multiple uh, double bourbons. The, the crazy thing to me is, like... The reason that we say that Joe Namath is the most overrated player of all time, it's not just that he's undeservedly in the Hall of Fame, but at lunch today, we were in a room literally with hundreds of Hall of Famers in this room. And that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. There were literally the biggest star in the hundreds room. of Hall of Famers. Martin Brodeur at the table next to me, Hall of Famers yeah. in football, basketball, baseball, hockey, women's sports, um, uh, Olympians, uh, gold medal winners in gymnastics and swimming and all these other sports that you care about that I don't care about. And of all these people, the one who just got shout out over and over and over by every person on the dais was Broadway Joe. Broadway Joe, can you believe we're having lunch with Broadway Joe? Yeah. It's unbelievable. No, he's a big star in New York. He's yeah. such a big star. and. Why? Because he, he won a one game 50 years ago in which he didn't even play well. You're crazy. He was look at the, he had some number. I, I think that your hate has gone too far. No, it hasn't gone. He was just so much better. He was so much better than the other AFL quarterbacks. No. Do we need to go through year by year the AFL quarterback rankings? Because I have. No, we'll save that for when we actually do that, when, uh, <laughs> when we return to our old uh, 
What's that? What's that show called that we did? I don't know what you're talking about. The, when we did 1960, what, what was the name of that? Uh, oh, that NFL series? history or something? I don't know. Yeah, I, no, there was a better name. It Was a rousing success. Uh, so anyway, the the Titans ha- that was people liked it. The yeah. Jets, Jaguars, Giants. They're eight and six. The Redskins with Colt McCoy. Are you saying Tennessee schedule? Could, yeah, I mean yeah. they could beat McCown, um, Kessler. Eli Manning and McCoy to get to nine and six. All right, and now hold on a second. Now you wanted to say you asked hard. me who my week seventeen flex is right now. Do you want to know who my week seventeen flex is? Uh, the league will not be happy if it's Tennessee Indianapolis. It's the eight and right seven now. Indianapolis Colts against the eight and seven Tennessee Titans in a game in which the winner makes the final wild card. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would have to be it. But ooh, they wouldn't be happy. Well, but but right now the way my predictions are going. What are the other options? You have Carolina at New Orleans in a game in which Carolina needs a win to get in and New Orleans needs a win to get a chance at the one seed. No, the, uh, winning in versus winning in will automatically get the spot. Yeah. And then what else? You have Chicago at Minnesota, but I think Chicago's locked into the three. You have Dallas at the Giants, but I think Dallas has already clinched the playoffs, which means Philly at well, Washington. Well, we'll see is when we get to game. Indianapolis. I'm curious because I, I, I think the Titans aren't good enough to win all four of those games. But you're, which game do you have them losing? At the Giants because you're insane? Well, I have them. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, they're far from a guarantee to beat the Redskins. The Titans aren't guaranteed to beat anybody. By the way, Washington, Tennessee in week 16 is my third best game of the week that week. That's a flex worthy game. Uh, but that's on Saturday, so that can't be flex. Yeah, so it's already on national TV. Good. Yeah. It's a, it's a must watch. All right. So uh, Jets at Tennessee. We both have Tennessee uh, winning the game, correct? Yeah. yeah. I, I, the yeah. Darnold's not going to play. It's, it's a yeah. joke. Yeah. All right. Cleveland at Houston. There's a couple of reasons why I want to see this game. First of all, Houston. No, this is a really interesting matchup. The Houston's Cleveland on an eight-game winning streak. Cleveland, all of a sudden, Baker Mayfield throwing the ball over the field, throwing shade all over the sideline at his coach. I would, I would sit Watson in this game. Watson took a really big hit last night when the game was over. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the Cleveland defense is just marauding and, and just destroying quarterbacks right now. Like well, Greg Williams, that's what he does. Year. He destroys quarterbacks. Yeah. I would I would literally sit. I would like pretend that Watson sprained his ankle in the first quarter. And sit him because he, the, Garrett. So you're and, just building an excuses are... for why I should intentionally lose to Scott Rubin this week. It's crazy. They. Yeah. Sh- I mean, I would. I would not be happy if I was a Texans fan. Yeah, the that, five that and seven teams would not be me. happy if uh, if I did that. Eight. So eight and three. I I think that the Browns might win this game. Honestly, what, uh, what's the spread? The spread on this game was five. I would definitely take. I, I wouldn't like best bet the Texans. Although losing, it opened five, the, that, I haven't checked what it is yeah. since last night's win. The Browns at plus five would be my best bet of the week. I oh think. wow! I think. I mean, Baker's playing really well. The defensive line—it's just a really bad matchup. All right, for so Houston. they're going to cover. Can they pull off the win? I'm going to say yes. Oh wow! Okay, there we go. Our first disagreement of the week: Cleveland goes into Houston and ends that eight-game winning streak. Weird mm-hmm. season it's been for uh, Houston. All right, uh, my number nine game of the week: Denver at Cincinnati. They're both five and six. This is a loser. Oh, that Houston Indianapolis game then would be really awesome the next week. Well, so this Denver at Cincy. These teams are both five and six. They're headed in opposite directions, but the team that wins is still alive. This should be the worst game of the week. These teams suck, and it's Case Keenum versus Jeff. Wow, the Jeff, Case Jeff Keenum Driscoll. love for morons like Bill Simmons and Tony Kornheiser is getting out of control. Um. Keenum is the worst quarterback of the of the non rookie. Yeah, you've been saying that all season. Tony Kornheiser said on PTI a couple lot yesterday that Case Keenum is the tenth or eleventh best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, there's probably ten better quarterbacks named Case. <laughs> yeah, it, like it, it, Case Keenum stinks. Yeah, he's. I mean, I know they've been playing well. He's bad. Well, no, he's great. They've he's the great in the last thirty game. seconds of games when you need a miracle. You know what's? I mean, they they spent like that high pick on Freeman. 
Yeah. And like, he's does he even make the team next year? Yeah. Like, they're on, yeah, amazing. they're undrafted. Why anybody ever takes a running back? It makes no sense. All right. Uh, so Denver. Uh, but I'll team. tell you what. I went through. I I was going through the um, the 2017 and 2018 drafts by position to see like. Because if you really boil it down by position, the drafts look much more interesting than just looking at, like, uh, you know, who went first versus who went third. Yeah. So you right. see all these, like, Pro Bowl running backs in the fifth round, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's why you don't take Saquon number two overall. Except, and I still wouldn't take Saquon two, let, let, me, let me give you the 2017 running backs, okay? Fournette at four. Yeah. Not great. N- not just— but, but, Fournette's fine. Well, but they could have had, you know, they could have had Patrick Mahomes there, for example. Sure. Instead, they're starting now, Cody Kessler. eight. If they had to do it again, I think they still pick McCaffrey at eight, the Panthers. Not when Patrick Mahomes is available two spots later. I mean, they have Cam Newton, I guess. But I mean, yeah, they weren't. They they didn't have the option of taking a quarterback. So I, McCaffrey is is well. Is, I mean, like all pro level. In a, if we're really going back in time and everybody knows how good everybody is, then obviously you trade the pick to somebody who needs a quarterback. Fine. Uh, Dal- no, so now those are the only two guys in the top forty. Dalvin Cook at 41. I know he's been hurt a lot, but he was incredible last year before he got hurt. Do you make that pick again? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to see who else is available. I'd say probably not because Latavius Murray's been fine. And this, t- this offensive Mixing line is so fo- Mixing at 48. He's been fine, but again, you can find better running backs. So. Then, then the third round is Kamara and Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying fifth round, but like the good guys did go first. Well, the, third, the, Freeman, the two best Dante guys Foreman. by far each went in the third round. True. Dante Foreman, who's who's done. Connor went in the third round too. Connor looks really good. Yeah. Fourth round is Pirine, who has kind of been a bust. Joe Williams, who n- never played a snap. Played, he yeah. retired in college, so it's not a surprise that he retired in the NFL. Uh, Tariq Cohn, who I think is a little bit overrated, to be honest. Uh, Donnell Pumphrey, never not happening. Jamal Williams is out of the rotation for the Gre- Green Bay, and Gallman is is useless for the. Gym. I mean, he's an okay player, but he's not going to play with with Saquon there. Yeah. I do like that they like. Use the you know high running back position, not the uh, fourth rounder than the second pick. Marlon Mack is a good player, gets picked in the in the fourth round. Uh, fifth round, Brian Hill. I don't know what he's doing, so I'm assuming Never he's not in the NFL him. anymore. McNichols, who was one of the main guys on Hard Knocks, but is on practice squad somewhere. T.J. Logan, I don't know him. Aaron Jones is legitimately good running back, picked in the fifth round. Elijah McGuire. So the Packers took Jamal Williams so and then Aaron Jones in back to back rounds. Yeah, they picked two running backs in back to back rounds. All right. Um, Elijah McGuire, who starts for our 32 fans fantasy team. Yeah. <laughs> um, the jury's still out. He missed most of this year. D'Angelo Henderson's also on the Jets or was uh, for part of this year. And that's about it. Kalafani Muhammad, I've never now, heard of. Now, what about of. all the oh, undrafted Carson, guys? And Chris Carson in the seventh round. I don't have the undrafted guys in front of me. But okay. um, you you get the, the idea. It's, uh, it, it is, by the way, you should like just click position on any draft and go through it that way. It's a much more interesting yeah, way of... Of looking at it, the, uh, by the way, the rec- I won't go through every. Yeah, look single at the receiver, receivers. There's some great receivers from last year, or no? Is that from two years ago? Sorry. Yeah, no, it's two years ago. Yeah. The receivers, Corey Davis went fifth. I forgot Corey Davis went insanely high. Yeah, not great. Uh, looked like a bust. That now Corey Davis has looked really good. Mike Williams. Every every Chargers receiver is kind of amazing and sucks at the same time. Yeah, and that's also true. Look, for when every they catch a pass, it's Mike like Williams. why why isn't that guy Antonio Bryant? But then they get three targets a game. Yeah. John Ross, probably not going to be good. Zay Jones is a bust. Curtis Samuel, eh. But then Juju, Cooper Cup, Taiwan. Everyone the Titans select sucks. Ty- Titans went receiver in the first round. Taiwan Taylor. Or yeah, he stinks. Yeah. The Jets picked. The Jets went in rounds three and four receiver. Both guys are out of the league already. <laughs> rounds three and four last year. Well, how can they They're make the roster when the Jets receiver is so dominant? I mean, I know, Quincy listen, and Nunu are Robbie Anderson. Than, those guys are ju- superstars. 
Jermaine Curse has 62 targets and like 250 yards. <laughs> He's, it's, it would be better to like run with Chris Ivory, who's not even on their team. Like just one of these like 3.8 yards per carry running backs yeah. and the pass the ball to Jermaine Curse. Not to mention there's probably been six interceptions because it's Darnold and McCown in their way. All right. You get, and Galladay went in the third round. Uh, you, you get the point. Uh, but undrafted running back. Oh, Eckler was undrafted. Corey Clement and Matt Breda were the good undrafted running backs from last year. So you can get legitimate starters or solid backups in UDFA. Well, did you see what Adam Schefter said about the Ruben Foster signing? No, what did he say? Shockingly, uh, Washington, he says the the R word, shockingly claims linebacker Ruben Foster. It's shocking, shocking news. That's three shockings in the first seven words. Yeah. The Redskins, Matthew Barry, who's a Redskins the, fan. Sorry, said, the, the R words have one of the league's most indifferent ownership groups, but we are still stunned anyone was willing to make this move at this time. It's unclear yeah, it's Foster will immediately be suspended. Can he even play? Like he's isn't he gonna like isn't he in jail or something? Yeah, it's uh that's a lot of hot takes by Adam Shefty. All right, so they just said today we've claimed the rights to Ruben Foster. We understand the severity. If true, you can be sure these allegations are nothing or, or if true, ever yeah. Except we <laughs> did they not know about it till after they claimed him? Yeah, and wasn't he arrested last Basically year he'll the... never play until he's cleared. Yeah. I mean, Dan His Snyder should lean into it all the way. Overwhelmingly Dan, why doesn't Dan Snyder just put out a message and say, I hope he creams opposing running backs the way he does his women? Did you Have you seen the movie Black Klansman yet? Yes. I saw it in theaters. Who do you think Daniel Snyder roots for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. better than mine. All right. Uh, let's go. All right. I don't know Keep where we're going. going. Oh, so Denver at Cincy. Uh, loser leaves town. Guess what? This is the wor- in- like this is the least interesting worst game of the day so far. It's orange no on orange. Did it. you see those orange on orange uniforms the Broncos were wearing the throwbacks? Yeah, not great. Yeah, uh, Jeff Wait, Driscoll- is next year a hundred? Next year we you see so you didn't follow football in nineteen ninety four because your parents didn't have a TV. No, I remember the seventy five. I vividly remember the seventy five uniforms were wild. With yeah, the, like the, I, well, the Steelers I had remember, great ones. I went the to Packers. The, some of those teams they were so well, good that they started whipping them out at years, you know, every year. Like the Packers and the Steelers still do a on occasion. Do you remember the Bears and the Steelers ones? Yeah, the well, Bears the Steelers were great. had no, like, the Steelers. I said the were Bears great. just had like the Bears looked like referee uniforms. I went with to the stripes. A, G- a Jets Bears Sunday night game, and and it was like the Vikings was, like, liked their like, throwbacks so much that they adopted them and made them their full time uniforms for the next few years. The Jets supposedly have uh, really cool uniforms. The Vikings throwbacks, by the way, are exactly the same as their current ones, except they had yellow piping around the numbers. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, I like the I like the Hunter Green Jets jerseys of the '90s. The Jets, yeah, with like the very basic Jets. Uh, no, I like the Jets are the best helmet. when they have more white and less green. Their helmets, their jersey, their uniform. I disagree. I want more green, less white. I don't like the white. Whereas for the Eagles, the Eagles are reversed. The Eagles, when I was a kid, I would be very Eagles, disappointed when the, the, when the uh, Jets the Irish would green. wear white. I don't like the dark green that the Eagles have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. This has been green talk. All right. Um. So Denver, yeah. Cincinnati, uh, orange talk again. I need to issue an apology to Jeff Driscoll. A month ago, I never heard of you. Uh, today. What's the spread? You are going to turn around a massive losing streak, and you are going to give yourself a win to keep your playoff hopes alive. Uh, most points allowed in the NFL, the Cincinnati Bengals, our fantasy defense. Yeah. Well, we traded for them, and since then they've put up negative points every week, so not great. Yeah. We should probably not start them. Yeah. Um, uh, What's the spread here? Well, there was no spread because there was no news about Dalton last time I checked, but I haven't checked since then. Uh, I'm picking Denver to win. All right. Uh, That's understandable, but uh, I'm on the Jeff Driscoll bandwagon. Okay. Denver is Cincinnati, San Francisco, Cleveland, and Oakland, and then maybe the Chargers would be locked into the five seed, possibly. All right. The number eight game of the week, Andrew Luck can't stop losing. 
Can't stop uh, winning, excuse me. Can't lose. Throwing three-plus touchdowns every single week. Goes into Jacksonville. They uh, they fired Hackett. They benched Bortles. <laughs> they suspended Fournette. I mean, Jacksonville is in an epic free fall. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we don't have to talk much about this game. The Colts are going to win. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Jacksonville with the win at home. <laughs> wow. wow you're, I didn't know you are a big Cody Kessler guy. Um, I, I just... I don't know. I, Jacksonville, I've picked to win every week. I've been wrong, and uh, and Chicago, I've picked to lose every week. I've been wrong. So <laughs> why not one more week? Uh, uh, Baltimore and Atlanta is my next game. Atlanta's season is done now, but they're still probably a better team than Baltimore, uh, which is what I thought when I guessed that they would be. Two- I disagree. I, Atlanta couldn't move the ball last week against uh, New Orleans. I think they have a big. The, the Ravens have the best defense. All right. Well, Baltimore and Atlanta. Uh, do you want to guess what the spread is? It's two days too late for this, but. I, I don't. I listened to Bill and Sal, but I, I wasn't paying attention. Right, I guess Atlanta was favored by two and a half. Bill guessed Atlanta was favored by three. I was going to say Baltimore two and a half. Baltimore favored by three in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I think I think people are nervous about how hard. Like how many? When so was that the means if Ryan this was in Baltimore, they'd be favored games. by nine. I mean, that's crazy. No, they wouldn't be favored by nine. The Atlanta Falcons, by the way, will not be the are... first team ever to host a Super Bowl. No, you know who didn't last year? By the way, no, the, no, the I have no idea about that. Okay, so you're picking Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, just don't know if the Falcons are going to I'm picking try. Atlanta. So that's four road teams for you, four The Falcons have a good me. chance to go 6-10. and ten. Like, they do have the Cardinals and the Bucks at the end, but, like... Uh, you think Atlanta's going to go 6-10? and ten? I think so, yeah. You know what? I have them going 6-10, and ten, actually. And that's including a win yeah, this week. I don't know why that was so shocking. Yeah. That means they're going 2-3. and three. Yeah. A bad team going 2-3? and three? Yeah. And, and actually, they're going to go 1-3 and three after they win this week. All right. Now, uh, the interesting question is, does, does Quinn keep his job at 6-10? and ten? I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, what a precipitous fall that would be. Yeah. It's not impossible. might get fired. All right. My number five game of the week, the resurgent dominant Josh Cantor cheered for Chicago Bears. Number six in my power rankings, number 32 in my heart right now. Uh, They go into New York, and guess what? The Giants stomp them. That's absurd. (laughs) Well, they don't uh, don't have Trubisky again, right? Uh, It doesn't matter. They're going to – first of all, is Chase Daniel worse than Trubisky? We don't know. Yeah. I I almost said – yeah. No, I think they knock Eli out of this game. Knock Eli out. Well, I mean, it's a good thing that you have a, a young mobile quarterback to avoid the Khalil, Khalil Mack in that pass rush. So, well, How does Kyle Loletta do? By the way, I don't understand. Can someone explain to me? In, I didn't see any of that Giants-Eagles game because early Sunday I was spending with the family. But what happened no, in the second half terrible. of that game? I don't understand. It, they weren't throwing the ball to Odell Beckham Jr., which he's been complaining about all week. But they weren't running the ball either. They only had four rush attempts for Saquon in the second half. So what do they do on offense? Just kneel three times and punt the ball? I they were just I, they didn't have the ball a lot I guess I mean I was I was sadly focusing on the Jets Patriots for most of uh, the yeah that was a waste of hours. time that was a terrible even though those thirteen all yeah, point late in the third quarter but all right um okay so that's now five disagreements where I have five home teams you have five road teams now we get to the fourth best game of the week just by default uh, New Orleans at Dallas. Dallas has been on a nice. This should be the street. best game of the week. This is an awesome game. I, Dallas for Dallas whatever sucks. reason, even when they're bad, they're seems to play. You think Dallas sucks? I think they suck, and there's two legitimately that's, that's great games awesome. this week. So, yeah, this is the Thursday night game. Um, some teams wouldn't be prepared, but you know Sean Payton's been preparing for this. All right, I'm picking uh, New Orleans, and they had a th- oh, they had a Thursday night game last week, right? So they actually are on it. By the way, spoiler a, alert: I'm only picking oh, three road teams, and list. the three road teams I'm picking are the three best teams in football. So New Orleans, the Rams, and Kansas I'm going to pick. What, what's the line here? New Orleans by, by seven in Dallas. Oh, I would. I'm going to pick the Saints to win, but oh, I love those seven points. Oh yeah, uh, New Orleans is going to cover, and New Orleans is going to win. By That's th- been awesome. New Orleans hasn't lo- hasn't had no a game within single digits because they're going to beat Tampa Bay. 
they'll at least split with Carolina. New Orleans hasn't won a game by less than 10 points in two months. Why are they going to do it this week? Uh, Because Dallas plays well against the best team in the league. Historically, they beat the best team in the league. Okay, whatever. All right, the number three game of the week, uh, a thoroughly uninteresting game, but because uh, the two teams are right in the thick of a playoff race, Washington and Philly, again, they're going to meet again in Week 17. Uh, they meet for you know, the first In time terms of week. playoff importance, obviously, it's very high. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because this game's in Philly, I can't imagine it, picking against the Eagles. I mean, Philly, well, but the, you would have said that last week against the Giants. They won. Yeah, I mean, this game's on Monday night. Uh, Philly has to I, throw Eli's better than Colt McCoy. Is he? Is he really? Um, All right. Uh, Philly's going to win. Fine. Uh, Done. Uh, Now we get to the second game of the week. I have to make a confession here. And, Mm -hmm. you know, with apologies to Kirk Cousins and and everyone else, I get no joy out of watching this Vikings team. In fact, I get the opposite of joy. I hate watching this Vikings team. I think it's if if they had been really bad and then this was the team and they're sort of a scrappy 6-4-1, you would like them. But because they're a worse version of, of, of a team that you loved so much last year, I understand it. Yeah, it's it's really unenjoyable. This is like a crappy sequel, but if it was like, if if this, again, if this came out of nowhere and the Vikings had been 7-9 and nine, three years and were like, I would kill for the Jets to be 6-4-1, and four and, six, four and one, even with Cousins. And, but it's, uh, not even about the, it's not even about the record. It's just the way that they play, it's... It's uninspired. The defense is still... Uh, they still do the same things. The, the third down defense went from, like, greatest ever to still best in the league. Yeah. Like, they still do certain things. I, I, I mean, think the, Cook has, like, I will a monster say this. game I get him. tremendous uh, hana'a, joy, pleasure, ecstasy from both Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. I mean, they're both joys to watch. Hey, the receivers are amazing. Thielen's like, hands... You don't realize... Here's you don't a realize how good they are because Adam you Thielen see them has play. the greatest hands in football history. <laughs> He's. Be- I mean, is he even better than Beckham? No, but I mean, he just every week he just does something incredible. And Diggs, other than I, I guess Tyreek Hill, there is no receiver in space who's more dynamic, who's a bigger threat. Every single week, Stefan Diggs, they throw him the ball. He stops. He's like a basketball player setting up a cro- like a crossover. He comes to a complete stop facing the defensive player, four yard short of the first down marker, and then he makes like a move and like jukes the guy out of his pants. It's unbelievable. Can you imagine if they hadn't like historically blown that that first round pick with Treadwell, what they would have at receiver. Ugh, Treadwell's so bad. And I mean, that's one of the worst first round receiver picks ever. No, the Vikings have had way. The Vikings have had six worse ones themselves. Troy Williamson, first round receiver. Troy Williamson was much worse. I think Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson as a returner was was historically great, but as a receiver was garbage. Treadwell has one career touchdown. Every, I think every first-round draft pick receiver ever has more than that. Troy, go look at Troy Williamson's career stats. No, Troy Williamson was really bad, but he had yeah. more touch. Like, he had a He couldn't see. Than... After they drafted him, they discovered he literally couldn't see. He needed, like, eye surgery really? or something. Uh, they are averaging less than five yards per pass to Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, he's very or bad. Very and he cost him the Packers game. I mean, him and uh, Still only 23. Daniel Carlson. Yeah, I mean, they brought in Aldrick Robinson in the middle of the year. They brought in, uh, what's his name, who was the Bears' number one receiver last year, the old guy from the Titans. They brought him in, and he couldn't even make the team, so that's not great. Um, what's his name? Not Kenny Stills. Um, the Titans' number one last he year? Was, no, he was the Bears' number one last year. He was the Titans' number one for a few years before that. Not Aldrick Robinson? No, although he is on the Vikings right now also. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares about the Vikings' sixth receiver, so got cut. Uh, so Minnesota goes to New England. I don't know what to do with this game. I'm going to tell you what to do with this. Well, they're they're going to. Lo- I mean, uh, Ab Sutton said in a in a football in a chat group I'm in, and it was very astute. He said watching Vikings games is just waiting until the next inevitable strip sack of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, uh, one. I mean, when I was uh, watching the Jets Vikings game, the announcers couldn't stop harping on how little pocket awareness. 
Cousins has of oncoming sackers, and it's really true. Like that is his major weakness. He also, like, he you would no think that he was like Drew Brees ever. or Russell Wilson from a height perspective, because he has by far the most balls knocked down at the line of scrimmage, and I just don't understand why. He plays short. As certain guys you could just look at. They play short. Yeah. Maybe he's a little shorter than what he's listed. Even. I don't know. I mean, he's listed as six three. Yeah, I was gonna say. But I agree, three. he doesn't look like he's a six three. I feel like all the six three quarterbacks are really like six one and six eight and seven eight. Yeah, one of the great things about like you, you know, like I was Darnold at this, looks a little. I was at this March of Dimes lunch today, so you get to meet all these athletes and or all these mm-hmm. former athletes, and it's always great to like give me see. your top five uh, celebrities in the room. Well, according to the crowd, it was Joe Namath, obviously. Hmm. But I mean, um, you're in New York. If you were in Omaha, Namath wouldn't be especially. Well, you would th- I mean, Joe Torrey got a much smaller applause than Joe Namath. That's crazy. That's a little surprising because Torrey was an absolute legend. In, he won five World Series so. for the Yankees. It's nuts. And he's a likable guy. Yeah. I think in real life he's not, but like from an from an outside perspective, he's a very. I'll tell you who guy. the two biggest celebrities were because you talked. Yeah, well, the, the three biggest were Hulk Hogan, who uh, Hulk Hogan offered a picture and I declined because uh, he's a shitbag. So. <laughs> Um, that was the right decision, but yeah, no, Hulk Hogan is like a legit celebrity to like, if you meet him, because he's Well, first of all, he Hogan, looks like, exactly like Hulk Hogan at all times. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you see him and it's like, he, oh my God. He, it's Hogan. a formal event, so he was wearing a black bandana to go with his suit, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love and it, And black yeah. sunglasses over the bandana, even though we're indoors, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. No, but the two biggest uh, were, because they all go on stage. I mean, Hulk, too. like, Joe Torre gets bothered probably a couple times a day, especially if he's not in New York. Like, Hulk Hogan can't walk down the street without getting popped. Joe Torre and Bill Cower were having a conversation in the reception hall, and I went up to sort of, I sidled over to see what they were talking about. Yeah. Bigelow T. Was it Trump? No. <laughs> Bigelow T? They were talking about Bigelow T? No, that's a joke, because Joe Torre's in local commercials okay. here for Bigelow T. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Cower could probably go unmolested in the streets. Yeah. And then um, who else? Well, no. So the biggest celebrities physically were um, David Deal and Wally Zerbiak. Oh, yeah, Zerbiak is really tall, right? Zerbiak's well, he's 6'7", like but he's also broad. What does Zerbiak do now? Uh, he's an uh, announcer for the Knicks. Can you spell Zerbiak? Yeah. S-C... I mean, S-Z-C-Z-E-R-B-I-A-K. Yeah. It's so hard. Okay. On, when I, when the I, only guy... Yeah, I know. The only guy... You've mentioned this. Spell spell. Spell the only guy I can't spell is Coach K. I've never tried. I don't know how to spell it either. Yeah, I can spell all the other ones. Um, all right, so uh, Vikings at New England. I'm going to pick New England. I, rem- I By the way, I, when I was a little kid, I remember like we were talking about Coach K, and I was talking to a girl. It was probably one of like the four times in my childhood I was talking to a girl. <laughs> and I told them about like Coach K and how to spell it, and then I realized I didn't know how to spell it. And I wasn't at home, so I didn't have my like sports almanacs. Um, and like because there was no internet, there was just like no unless like his name happened to be in the paper that day, which it wasn't. It wasn't college basketball season. Like, how do you know how to spell Shashevsky? You know, why would you have been talking to a girl about the spelling of Mike Shashevsky though? I think we were talking about hard to spell names. So I'm like, oh, this is dude. Like, this is how I get into a girl's pants. I impress her with my. Ability. Well, I wasn't. I mean, I was too young to even be. By worried. the way, you could have spelled it any way. She would have no way of fact checking you for the same reason. you Oh, of course, I I think I did, but yeah. then I realized afterwards, like. I don't know how to spell it. And now I'm thinking back. It's like funny that you just like, would you have called like information? Like how would you have get? get oh, I happen to have like 20 sports home next yeah. in my house, which was probably connected to the fact that I had less than 20 yeah. conversations with, with girls, girls before yeah. I was 17 years old. I mean, yeah. In 1993, how did you find out how to spell Mike Krzyzewski's name if you do not have access to a library? Yeah. 
again, just the ESPN uh, Information Police Sports Almanac uh, or the Sports uh, Illustrated. Yeah, you, you, you call somebody who, uh, and you ask them to go to the library for you. There's no. Can other I way. tell you how much? See, you never got those almanacs. I can't tell you. Like that was my bathroom reading my whole life. Yeah, but we got World like, Book Encyclopedia, and I memorized that entire thing. So I'm saying, like, yeah, but this, just the just the sports one, yeah. and they stopped making the ESPN one, and then Sports Illustrated stopped making theirs. First of all, I threw it out. It's like two hundred dollars now. I was such a big nerd that I didn't realize that reading the encyclopedia was nerdy. I was talking. Yeah. Ca- oh, this is a story about me talking casually to a girl. So in fifth grade, I'm having a conversation with Laura Thorne about something, mm. and I mentioned something, and she says, "How do you know that?" And I said, "Well, I read it in the encyclopedia." And she's like, "Well, why are you reading the encyclopedia?" I'm like, "Well, I was reading the encyclopedia when I was eating breakfast yesterday," and I just said it like because that's what I did. Like I just read yeah. the encyclopedia at all times because I had nothing else to sure. do else because we weren't allowed to watch. Yeah, TV. you got to get the information. And she looked at me like a crazy. She says, "You read the encyclopedia for fun." And, I, and again, I had and I didn't realize I should be still, denying it. So I, I said, yeah, the sports almanac. I said, yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, that did not do well for me socially. Shockingly. I, I, did they call you encyclopedia boy? Yeah. So but like I would pay <laughs> easily now to just them to make that book, especially since we don't like use I we don't go on the Internet 24 hours uh, a week. That's really when I would read the almanac. Like I would pay easily a hundred dollars for one of those. They were nine ninety nine back in the day. Um. I I this I shouldn't even admit this out loud, but I had a thought like six months ago, like, hey, I'm gonna like make my own and then print it out, and then I, maybe I'll just update it. And I got like an hour into MLB, and I wasn't even close to being finished, and I quit forever. But if someone wants to make it for me, I will. Well, I mean, I I could print out all my charts for you. That would basically cover all your bases. I like it in order. I, I basically wanted to make an exact replica of what they had, which is like, here's the top 50 home run hitters, and here's the top yeah. 50. Well, I, I, I have, I have all that, because I have it on Excel spreadsheets, which you can sort by column. But you don't have, do you have like every World Series, like who won in the game? Yes. And stuff like that? I have every World, not, I have a, I have a list of every Hall of Famer who played every World Series. Mm-hmm. In other words, yeah, in the 1956 uh, World Series, there were eight Hall of Famers. In the 2003 World Series, there were three Hall of Famers. But I would just like read the World Series stuff, and I would yeah. like have someone test me, and I would just know who won every World Series. Now, I've forgotten a lot of it. But yeah. Do you want to guess which World Series had no Hall of Famers? Mm. Was it in the 80s? I got to open up this document because I haven't looked at it in a while. I think it's in the 80s. Although it's there's a lot of bogus like veteran like not shouldn't be all famous right. but are uh, okay so I'm also include okay so the answer is hold on I'm scrolling all the way back all the way back all the way back to 1904 because I want to be confirmed all right starting in 1903 all right in 1923 right. we have 13 Hall of Famers mm-hmm. in 1928 we have 16 Hall of Famers okay that's crazy. Most of the time, we have about six to eight. Uh, in 1945, we have just two Hall of Famers. But guys coming back from World War II, so that's not really fair. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, you'll appreciate this because yeah. no one cares about what you're talking about, so please stop. Yeah. <laughs> Ann Deppner, who is the uh, football admin for the Vikings, just uh, tweeted that she donated to her local domestic violence shelter yeah. in response to the oh, good. Redskins the claiming Reuben Foster. Do you realize like the Redskins could have not claimed him, and then a few weeks from now, when people sort of forgot about it at least a little bit, yeah. signed him? No, they had to jump on him right away. It's insane. Like, was yeah. there a line out the door for to, to get this, like, absolute yeah. monster? All right, so the 2002 Hall uh, World Series between Anaheim and San Francisco. Anaheim has no Hall of Famer. San Francisco only has Barry Bonds not in the Hall of Fame. So that's a no Hall of Famer. And okay. then in 2015, Kansas City against your Mets. Kansas oh, City, that doesn't count. Kansas oh, you mean City, no, like... Well, but I'm inclined to guys who will make the Hall of Fame. So, for example, the year before, San Francisco against Kansas City, I think that Buster Posey, Bruce Bochy, Madison Bumgarner, one of them probably makes it. Okay. Kansas City against the Mets. The only guy who has no even DeGrom. a chance is Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, not Degrom. 
Well, I mean, I guess the Grom also. I mean, one of them. But what yeah. if the Grom becomes like Kershaw now? Yeah. All right, maybe. All right, so who are you picking, Minnesota or New England? New England. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not super confident about that game. Yeah, and then uh, then the game of the week, Los Angeles and Pittsburgh. Do you remember plays of the week on ESPN? Plays of yeah. the week. Dun, dun. Yeah. All right, this podcast has been really long and meandering, so nope. let's wrap it, it up. It is good. It's people like this one. What's the last game? <laughs> you know that they are like it already. The Chargers yeah, I can sense it. go into Pittsburgh on Sunday night. This game got flexed yeah. for obvious reasons. Good flex. Yeah. Yeah, so again, we've we've talked this is sort of the Chargers litmus test for the whole season because they lost semi-close games to the Rams yeah, and the and Chiefs. Yeah, by the way, the second bye in the AFC is wide open. Pittsburgh is play, is hosting both the Chargers yeah. and the Patriots. Yeah, Houston and uh, Houston's not good enough to get it, but certainly oh, they're in a position where they Houston could get it. Houston could finish 12 and 4. Look at their schedule. Yeah, I, I I think the Patriots probably get it. Well, if Pittsburgh beats the Chargers, certainly if the Patriots beat the Vikings, they're in the driver's seat. Yeah. All right. So what's your pick here? I like Pittsburgh at home. Yeah, me too. All right, so we disagree on five. Akiva, 250 in the books. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. 250 to go. Yeah, until 500. Yeah, good math. All right, Keith, talk Do you want to... Um, no, I tried to wrap it up. No. Uh, buff. No, you could wrap it up. All right. You could, uh, I'm <laughs> trying to think if I have anything else. Is there anything else you we, we should talk about? No, there's not. Talk to you later, Akiva. Bye. Bye. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.